This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. You can get it spinning a tune. You can get it podcasting before noon. You can get it when you're feeling real tops. And you can get it at Friday knockoffs. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is A Beer With, the podcast stubby cooler. Get it on a live stream. You can get it while making a meme. You can get it when you're playing COD. And you can get it while listening to the pod. Because a hard earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. You can get it right in the baseline. You can get it chatting on FaceTime. You can get it talking about. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Go to the website, abeerwith.com, for all your podcast needs, including the one place to find a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Hey guys, Jai here, recording this one on the 21st of September in the studio this time. Uh, this one today is with Gomez, uh, who um, you know I met through the DJ comp at Prohibition. Um, really love this chat with him. It's really great to hear about the music scene in Canada, uh, and I, you know, we get right into that in this episode. So let's just you know run that music and get this episode underway. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host Jai, and today on the episode we have Gomez. Now, Gomez is a DJ in Brisbane at the moment. Uh, We talk about sort of his past in this episode. He started DJing in Canada, uh, so it was really great to hear all of the stories um, from Canada. Uh, He also is a chef over here as well, um, so it was great to hear about some of his passion through cooking as well. Uh, And I can't wait to go over and uh, try some of his food one day. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a really great time uh, on this one. Um, So yeah, let's just, um, you know, get this one going. So as always, sit back, crack a beer if you have one, and enjoy the episode. This is A Beer with Gomez. Sweet. Right. Cheers. Still, man. Cheers nice. for coming in, mate. Yeah, thank you. Um, welcome to me. the podcast. Mm, cheers. We've made it happen after a while. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we first met at the Prohibition Comp. Yeah, I played, um, I played um, earlier that night and you were, I'm not sure if you were straight after I me. I think I or, was straight after uh, you. Some, I thought yeah. I, I thought it was like 11.30 you were playing that night because I played at 9.30, I think it was. I feel like I played. Oh, maybe I was the one after, like the Oh, no, that was after. the quarterfinal. We were in the same quarterfinal group as well. So we were in played, the heats, Yeah, we? you were straight after me in, in the, the heat. heat yeah. yeah, and you yeah. came up to me and you were like, wow, that was sick. But yeah, now was, I have to alter my playlist because you played half of my stuff. Yeah, there was a few tunes in there for sure that I was like, oh, yeah. I was going to play that. Yeah. yeah. You're wearing your, I think it was the, the Dirty Bird bomber jacket that you have uh, too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. fucking love that jacket. Love that jacket it's too. such yeah. a good jacket. It's not real warm though. That's the only thing. No, it's like, just it's like a just, windbreaker. Yeah, it's like, it's not, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's good that jacket. I love yeah. it. Yeah. The old Dirty Bird. <laughs> I actually ordered one. Yeah. Um, 
at the start of quarantine. And okay. So I ordered the the jacket and two which, like which one though? Like, it was a red one. It was a red coach's jacket. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, they've got some cool merch. Yeah, Dirty Bird. I love well, them. The sad thing about it was is so I ordered it and it took like a month and a half to get to me. And then so they said it was delivered, but I never got anything. And so I went to. I had to go to the police about it and then I had to go to Australia Post. Australia Post told me, oh, you can't do anything about it. It's not our fault. The concierge at your apartment building accepted it. So I went to them and turns out they had no recollection of receiving any mail. So it's either they've dropped it in my mail room and it was stolen, which I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Mm. And um, so I ended up emailing Dirty Bird and after a few emails, they eventually just reimbursed me because they had also taken down that jacket so I couldn't buy it again. Oh, uh. So you couldn't I couldn't even get it. No, I was you missed your one I was, shot. I was livid. I was like, yeah. I really wanted that. And I ordered like some like high top dirty bird socks and stuff like that. So none of it came. It was like it's like $178 Australian and it coming mm. up to like $107 US. Yeah. And yeah. so I had to get that all reimbursed, which sucked because I really want I really wanted that jacket. Yeah, it, yeah. It now you really, can't get really it. Dope. Yeah, because I had a similar one in Whistler. Um it was an Amity Affliction jacket actually, and I yeah. wore it everywhere and I got super drunk one night and I I played a set and then I put my jacket down and then I left without it, went back the next day. It turns out someone nicked it from underneath the DJ booth. Yeah. So I wasn't, it was pretty shitty time. <laughs> Rough, man. Mm. So, you know, you talk about Whistler then. Yeah. And I know like we were hanging out last weekend, you're telling us the stories, but how, when did you go over to Whistler and like, and, or Canada in general? Yeah. And like, how long were you there for? So originally, I never actually had like any, thought or ever see myself moving to Canada and like going to that country. Yeah. And um, back in 2015, I moved back to New Zealand um, on my own. Um, my parents kind of said, you got to go out on your own now and, and learn how to live your own life. Can't yeah. baby you anymore. Yeah. So um, I moved in with my dad for about four months. And then I, um, after that, moved back to my hometown. And so jumped around a few different jobs there. And then I met my ex-partner. Um, yep. and she eventually said, oh, I'm moving to Canada. Do you want to come with me? So I was like, yeah. So we moved over there and then we eventually broke up, um, and she moved home and I stayed, um, yep. and that ended up being three years of like my three years of my life that I would, I would live every day again. Yeah. It was amazing. It's pretty wild over there. Good oh, times. it was the, the parties, the snowboarding, the um, like, and then the summertime sitting at the lake till 10 o'clock at night and the sun's still not gone down. It's nice and yeah. warm. Everyone's around drinking beers, having a barbecue, passing joints around. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, great place to live, but yeah. it's also not a realistic lifestyle either. Like yeah. the partying, the amount of stuff that you're putting into your body and then the lack of sleep, like sometimes yeah. you'd go like one or two, uh, two or three days without sleeping. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, oh yeah. well. Um, and, that, and that's when I met my partner Jess, as you met last week. Yeah. Um, just the end of my uh, my um, time there, I'd actually six months over my visa. Uh, so oh, true. Yeah, so yeah, you, were, you were illegal. I was very illegal. Um, very I illegal. was like a ghost because I had, I didn't have an address. I didn't have a phone number. Um, I got paid cash in hand from the club that I was working at. They, they didn't give a shit. And then I was just surviving on my DJ gigs as well. So, yeah. And they were all cash in hand as as well. So yeah. it made it really easy to survive. Yeah, that's cool. But not enough money to get me home. Yeah, yeah, not <laughs> enough. Jeez. Um, and so w when we talk about like DJing and you talk about playing at clubs over yeah. there and stuff, 
where did you like first start then? Like, did you, did you already DJ before you went over there? So or? not exactly. So the first time I sat in front of a pair of CDJs in a mixer would have been the year I graduated high school. It was, um, 2012 yep. and, um, my, uh, one of the teach, like he was a teacher on prac. So he was at uni. Yep. He was also, um, my patrol captain at the surf lifesaving club that I, uh, Okay, that, yeah. I would, that I'd do every weekend as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so he used to DJ in the Valley sometimes, but um, he had all his own setups, like subs and everything. So we had a school dance. And yeah. he and I was like, I'd really like to learn how to play. He's like, okay, cool. You can just DJ the dance and then I'll just give you 50 bucks out of the 200 that they're giving me. Yeah, you like, can do all the work. I'll I was just, like, I'll I'm just getting paid there. for this too. And he's like, yeah, fucking may as well go go yeah, about yeah. it. And I was like, okay, cool. So I did that for Sweet four. deal for him too, yeah. though. Yeah, he just, he <laughs> he just, just he rocks up, does and nothing, and then yeah. leaves. Yeah. And um, so I did that. And I, that's from that point on, I knew I was like, I want to do this. This is sick. Like I yeah. had so much fun and no idea about beat matching or anything like that. I was kind of just pulling things in and out. I was like 16 at the time. And the second time I finally got um, like a club gig would have been 2000 and end of 2016 at my hometown in New Zealand. Um, and it was just on a pair of the Serato decks and a laptop. It's filling in for one of the, the DJs who played there cause he was away for the weekend Again, didn't really know what I was doing. So yeah. I finally learned when I moved to Whistler. So I got a job at the club Mojo's and um, and I finally met the owner and he goes, hey, what would you like to get out of working here? And I was like, I'd like to learn how to bartend. I'd also like to learn how to DJ. Yeah. And he goes, well, you're in luck. I'm here from like 9 a.m. in the morning to like whenever we open at night, five days a week. You can come in throughout the day, use all the decks, yeah. The speakers, turn it up as loud as you want, make as much noise as you want. Yeah. So for about six months, I was in there from nine in the morning all day until the club opened at nine that night. Yeah. Just playing, making noise, practicing, downloading music, yeah. practicing, practicing, practicing. And well, then, that sounds on a big system. And then, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, like, so I had sick. booth yeah. monitors plus the whole stage system. Everything was great. Yeah. With an empty club too. So oh, it's, yeah. like, it's even like louder. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then it got to, I was getting to the point. I was like, the, my boss is like, you sound a lot, lot better. Um, uh, I was like, yeah, when can I start playing in front of people? He's like, oh, you're not that good yet. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Peg you down. It's like, yeah. like, no, not yet. So man. the first gig I got playing in front of people would have been six months later. And so Mojo's in the summertime throw a beach party. Oh, and okay. so like the club is like two stories underground. Mm -hmm. And so we had an underground car park that come into the back of the club as well. So what we used to do is we used to – fill the, the trucks up with sand and we would hand shovel sand into the club for about six hours. That sounds so fucked. Oh, it was. It was. <laughs> like, and like shoveling sand is the worst. Yeah, like we'd have wheelbarrows, but like we're, we're getting pissed while we're doing this. Like the boss is just like grab anything out of the fridge. Like we're and making cocktails yeah, and yeah. Jaeger bombs, pineapple bombs, beers, shots of whiskey. Like yeah. Like we're doing all this while we're scooping sand, and then we found the drunker we got, the faster the sand went in. Well, you think it did anyway. Oh you're well, like, yeah. You're like, man, we've done so much work, and it's like hardly yeah. anything. You and just this feel is drunk. just for one party. Yeah, like, like take that into account. And like, I'm the, more thinking about the fact of shoveling the sand out is oh, going to be the, don't worry, the I'm shittest. <laughs> That's going to be shit. Getting it in's not too bad, but no. getting it out. Yeah, but we were also shit face drunk getting it out too. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still, like, I just yeah, that seems like a big mission. Yeah, so we'd finally finished shoveling the sand, and it was about six o'clock at night. The the 
we opened an hour early at eight because we do this thing called the beach party buffet. But I'll get into that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I was like, they're like, oh, we're going for dinner. Do you want us? Um. Uh. Do you want to stay here and practice, or you can come with us? And I was like, I'll stay here and practice. And they were gone. To about 7.30, they all came back, even drunker than what they did when they left. And I'm sitting there practicing, and they're like, Oi, Gomez. And I was like, yeah, they're like, you're opening tonight. And I was like, excuse me, what? They're yeah. like, we don't, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. We can give it to someone else. I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll yeah, do it, I'll yeah, do yeah. it. I'll yeah, do no, it. I'll do it. Yeah. They're like, all right, well, get ready. Because I also had the night off. I only had to help do the sand. I didn't have to, because um, at the time I was a promoter and a barback. So yeah. I was the third barback. So they didn't really need someone walking around picking up cups because we weren't using cups. We were just using plastic reusable cups. Yeah. And um, so I had the night off. So I ended up getting pretty on several different levels yeah uh, but it was totally worth it and like because the beach party buffet as well so between eight and nine you couldn't advertise it was an open bar right so you used to call it the beach party buffet yeah yeah and so people would can't like it would be you'd have to get like you'd give out tickets to like your friends and say hey like this is what's happening at this time come in earlier so you'd get all your friends down so they could take advantage of it and stuff like that and then You'd play so it's just like in. open bar, whatever you want to drink. Oh, yeah. So we'd Can't get heaps of samples sent from reps and stuff like that. And then we'd have like our like um, Well, not open bar, but they'd have heaps like, of shit yeah. that you say, like, yeah, basically, you can have any of this stuff. Wait, like Anything from eskies. the bottom shelf and the second shelf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you'd go. Yeah, well, we had eskies in the back of the bar as well. Okay, so yeah. that would be full of all the free shit and it would be full of ice and water. And like I was lugging those to and from the back room to refill them yeah. for hours. Yeah. And, um, but it was, it was just, it was an incredible atmosphere as well because like we'd not only put all the sand into the bar, but like, you know, those like hula skirts you get, like the different colors and yeah, stuff. So yeah. we'd like the cut Hawaiian them to, whatever, yeah, so yeah. we'd staple them to the bar and made the whole bar look like a tiki bar yeah, yeah, yeah. and like cut uh, like a tiki umbrella in half and had it like hang off the top of the bar and stuff yeah. like that. And it was really cool. The whole place was decked out. And then like when everyone would come in, like it was hot enough down there as is, but we used to turn the heating up a little bit. So it'd feel like the beach. <laughs> so it's just like this giant sweat Don't make box. it a comfortable temperature. No. <laughs> make, it, make it feel like it's and really you, hot in the beach. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really get gotta, that experience. Yeah. You got to think as well. Everyone's cooked. Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's, yeah. everyone's juiced. So like everyone's sweating more and like, <laughs> And like you're walking around, and like people are like losing so how, their like, shoes. This like so the sand's all over the floor in the venue. Everywhere on the floor, apart how deep? from the bar. Yeah, okay, how, probably how about deep is it, two like? feet. Jeez. Yeah, about two feet deep. Man, yeah, that, around the whole bar. That's. <laughs> uh, so so how how did you go about getting it out then? Like, because obviously you, you were talking about like you're going down to. To get the yeah. sand, yeah. Then you've got to go. Oh, I suppose you've got elevated. Lifts oh no, no, stuff, no. Right? So like the club was the whole club was downstairs. So it yeah. was all two feet under. So we used to have like it was an underground car park where you could drive the car oh, around and come the back in, door. Yeah. yeah, and we used to just shovel it off there. But then you've got it. You've still got to like when you're getting it out. How do you get out all the little bits the of sand that's everywhere? Like at the end, you know, it's easy when you're shoveling, but eventually it gets to the point where it's like you can't shovel it, and you've got to like. Do you have people with like yeah, brooms, so yeah, sweeping exactly. it into brooms, a pile and shit yeah. like that? Brooms. We wheelbarrows and shovels that's all we had and like there'd be parts Just finding of the, sand for yeah. the next two or weeks like, even in the dj booth like i remember from my first beach party we were still finding like with the beach party came around the next year we we're still finding sand in the dj booth that's what i was gonna say because like, like you go to the beach and you like find sand and you're like in your room or something yeah. like you know like 
two weeks later and you're like, how is this still sitting? Like, yeah, where did exactly. that come from? It's like, like glitter. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, how is glitter, glitter sticks to shit as yeah. well. That's the problem. Get stuck yeah. in your hair. But yeah, so that was my first gig. Um, it, it wasn't paid. Like for my like the first year there, every time I did a gig, I never asked for money because I just had so much enjoyment out of playing music and people actually enjoying what I was playing. Yeah. So like every time I, I'd just be like, yeah, can I just play for the sake of playing? Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, because like, of my ADHD as well, I'm always like, I'm trying like an eager child. So like I was, <laughs> yeah. so like my friends would like the one of the guys my is one of my best mates Dan Darley he um um blew up in Whistler and he actually runs Woody Surf Shack down in Byron now he's okay. the ma- he's the general manager down there yeah now. yeah and um he taught me how to beat match and and like like balance my EQs and everything like that and so we got on like a house on fire and he was like like a big big brother father figure as well like he had that big. And say jolliness about him. Like yeah, yeah. He 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 was really a, an awesome guy, and he um he would play at Max Fish. So Max Fish was the other club that. So my club would play on Sundays, and then Max Fish was on Mondays, and I'd do the occasional set there, do the opening and stuff like that. And I'd always be behind him. It's like, hey, do you want to go back to back for a little while? Like, I got my yeah. USB right here. Yeah, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd be like. Not now, not now, not now. Like, nah, man. I'm but good. we'd always I'm eventually, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we would always eventually end up at a house party. He's got decks, yeah. and we'd end up going back to back for another four hours, just blind drunk, yeah, like not knowing what we're doing, kind of thing, and everyone just enjoying it because the people were at the club. We're also at that house party, so they just listened to us play the same set we played that tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is the culture you're talking about? Like, you know, you said your club, you played Sunday, and then the other one like Monday. Yeah. Was is so? Is that a bit of a thing over there like those different times like sundays weekends mondays don't exist. that's what i was sort of getting at yeah, yeah. weekends so it's don't like because monday it's like well nowhere's open here on monday yeah. like there's no. no clubs open on monday no. here. it's like so, not even the strip clubs are really open on a monday here so. well, i'm not sure <laughs> they probably do i bet they do i think that actually because like garoo do they open on a monday i <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> he loves the strip anyway um but yeah, so over there, it's like the clubs are running yeah, all so, nights, and they're all like so they're kind of club, busy. Yeah, so still. each club had its own locals night. So okay, so they all sort of they would spread it out so yeah, that they wouldn't so, all have it on the same. So because yeah. Whistler was uh, especially in the winter time, it's a it's a it's massively um, populated by Australians, um, uh, people from the UK, New Zealanders, yeah, expats, and basically yeah, people from other places. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, Whistler Black Home as a resort heavily rely on um, their, like, I wouldn't call it an exchange program, but, like, people from other countries coming in working as lifties, working at food and restaurant attendants. Yeah. Um, the old working holiday kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And so they also have um, on... On mountain staff housing, which I, yeah. which is always a lot of fun. So like, they're like college dorms, you have like this tiny little lounge room, which would be about the size of this room. Yeah, and oh, then, this room's massive, bro. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe like down here, and no, then like no, the no, two no, doors no. for the bedrooms would be on each side, and the bathrooms like this little cupboard in the corner. But like you could fit easily thirty people in there for kick-ons, and everyone would yeah. be fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But especially because it's like you know it's cold outside, so everyone's like it's nice and warm in here. Oh, yeah, it's well, like, it gets, oh, it's like, warm in here. Peak, peak winter's like minus twenty seven degrees. Yeah, and like too it's, cold for me. Oh, but it's not bone chilling though. Like if you like you wear some thermal, <sighs> sounds some jeans, bone chilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. And if you've got like, all the right gear, yeah, it's not too exactly. bad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. um, like just I, I don't have any of the right gear. That's the problem. I'd have to get a whole <laughs> well, new wardrobe. I used wardrobe. to do street promoting because I was head promoter oh. for a little while in the middle of winter. That sounds, minus twenty seven at night. That sounds terrible when it's good weather. <laughs> but like you're yeah, minus 27 at night and I would stand out there from nine o'clock at night till about one in the morning and I'd like be go I'd have to go into the bar to warm up go to the bathroom and then like to stay warm outside I'd be doing like shots of jack just yeah, to stay straight warm liquor, outside. Just, yeah. yeah double, double little, shot jack just have a little hip flask out there just... or we used to buy a little so you buy those little plastic bottles of fireball yeah, yeah. we used to keep them in our pockets we used to skull fireball out in the street just just as long as the cops didn't see us, but like it would keep us buzzed. So the more buzzed I was, the more people I'd talk to. Yeah, you'd got that bit of Dutch code. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, and guys, then how you going, mate? Well, as well as promoting, um, so for every person I bought in, it was a dollar a head. Yeah. So like, like I could bring in like eighty to hundred people a night, mm. and then I get a big cash payout at the end of the month. So all that money was built up over the month, and I get paid out to me at the end in cash, yeah. which was really good. Um, but back to what we were talking really about. Really good or really dangerous. Yeah. So you all of a sudden get a big water cash. Like, oh, I can buy something that I don't need now. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> you know, like instead of, you know, paying for shit. You know, yeah, if you're exactly. just getting little bits every every. Well, I know, lived on week. people's couches for like two years. Yeah. Like, like, and I, like, I feel sorry for a lot of people. Like, if anyone watches this, I feel I'm thankful and I feel sorry for you putting up with me living on your couches for yeah. like three, four months at a time. But um, so but if anyone's back- got a couch out there, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got a pretty good, pretty good one at home now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but back to what you were saying about so every club had its own night. So yeah. Sunday night was Mojo. So that was a club I worked at, and we had a, a UV glow party every Sunday. And it wasn't <laughs> yeah. just like a couple of glow sticks hanging from the ceiling and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It was like every part of the bar had like UV glow tape, like different colors, like pink, orange, yellow, blue, all around yeah. the bar. Like had the girls would do artwork with the tape Probably, and stuff like yeah. that. And um, then we have like all the lights would be turned off and there'll just be black lights on and then like yeah. strobes and um, like, and then we'd have glow sticks hanging from the ceilings as well. Yeah. And like, um, like we'd also have like, you know, those big Jägermeister foam sticks and they flash like red, blue and green. Have you seen I those before? I think I've seen them, no. No, they're really cool. We used to, because we used to get them, we were sponsored by Jaeger, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And they used to give us like a box of them every six months because they'd give it's us like a, a box thing, of, yeah. yeah, like 500 of these things. And like we just have them laying around the bar and people would just come in and like, as like children, they'd smack each other with them and shit like Or people get creative, like they'd pull the LEDs from out from the inside of them and wrap them around their glasses and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like people would have stretches and sticking through the ears and stuff. It was really, yeah. really gross, but like it yeah. was really creative at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then so that was that was Sunday night. So that's basically the, the start of the, the locals' night, Sunday. Yep. And then Monday night is Max Fish Monday, um, which Max Fish isn't actually open anymore, which is really sad. Yeah. Because just after I left, um, the manager, Cody, he was awesome guy. Not someone you'd ever fuck with either, though. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I know those kind of people. Uh, but so he they're was, great if you're there, if they're your mate. He's like six great. foot eight, yeah. and he's built like a brick shit house. And I did one night cop an open hand slap from him, and I thought my jaw was broken the next morning. Yeah. Like it was pretty hefty. Mm. Um, but I apologized to him for being a dick later in that week. He's like, just don't be a dick. And he smacked me in the dick, and he's yeah. like, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, their night was called um, Fuck Mondays, but it was F V C K. 
Yeah. Um, and like they had merch t-shirts and stuff like that. Like I even have it still in my wardrobe at home. It's really yeah. great. Um, and then so, and then. You have to wear that when you play at the DJ comp on uh, Sunday. Because then that's so appropriate. It's like, fuck Monday. I will wear like it actually. Because you know what I mean? Like have a big Sunday and then it's like, fuck Monday. Like who cares about Monday? Fuck yeah, Monday. Fuck. I'm just going to get loose tonight. <laughs> Monday's going to suck. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. And so the Tuesday night, um, so there's a um, a club called Tommy Africa's, which got yep. newly renovated just before I left. And um, so Tuesdays was Tommy Tuesdays. And so also in the wintertime, there was this apres, um, ski apres called Swedish, Swedish after ski apres. And so it was this bar called Cinnamon Bear. <laughs> And the guy who was the the general manager of the place, his wife was Swedish. Okay, yeah. And so he's um, he spent a lot of time in Sweden. He's also really big in the Tomorrowland scene. He oh, knows okay. the guy. He's really good friends with the guy who runs and owns Tomorrowland. Yeah. So right, like he tells stories of um, how he he gets a ticket, a VIP ticket, all all access. Um, pass to Tomorrowland yeah, every yeah. year. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And like he, that's pretty dope. Oh yeah, he was he was an awesome dude. So he's like in Sweden, they have like on top of the mountains, they have like DJs play out there. Um, everyone's drinking beer, dancing on tabletops, wearing retro ski gear and stuff like that. Yep. And um, so he decided to throw that at Cinnamon Bear on Tuesday afternoons, and it was huge with the mountain stuff, like all the um, the foreigners, the Australians, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And people, it's like it'd go from four in the afternoon to eight. So I um. My last winter there, I actually had the pleasure of playing a couple Tuesdays for that. Mm. And it was like a lot of sing-along cheese music and then you drop yeah, in yeah. with like your festival, Dimitri Vegas-like mic. Yeah, like yeah, all, the, yeah. all like the big big room festival kind of yeah, stuff that yeah. Swedes love. Because what years are we talking about when you're over there? I'm just thinking because like for the time period of when it was because the comp we met each other would have been Last year. It was, was it last year? year? Yeah. I've only been back in the country for about a year and a bit now. Was it? So it was. That was the second one. You weren't in the. It wasn't the first one. No, it wasn't Cop. the first one. No. Oh, okay. I thought it was the first one. Okay, so this is pretty recent. Still, yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's only the last couple, like four years ago, was when so you were moved. So I got there, there. two thousand sixteen. No, I was still in New Zealand then. So end Seven of two. Th- no, actually, it was the end of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand sixteen seventeen season was my first season. Yeah. And then, um, so I didn't start playing Swedish until. The season of 2018, 19, yeah. kind okay. of. So, like the first half of the winter, because I ended up flying back um, February last year. It was February 21st. I okay. left, left yeah, Canada. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that that would happen. And so, Tommy's had a deal with the guys from Swedish that they would promo Tommy Tuesdays and give out free tickets yeah. um, at Swedish. So, they get the club busy early over at Tommy's. So, it's packed, yeah. Yeah. So, and like every, every night was packed. Um, and Tommy's would be sick because they'd also do snowboard giveaways. Um, they also did a bartender challenge, which was also another cool thing. So they get local bartenders around town. Yeah. Um, they'd get a team, make a signature cocktail, and then they'd run the bar, a section of the bar in Tommy's one night. And whoever gets the most sales gets to keep all the tips. And That's then, cool. And they get like put that. on the roster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Um and then so Wednesday night. That's cool. That's almost like a DJ comp for bartenders for a gig. It's exactly somewhere. that's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah, that's yeah. it's it's really really cool. I think a lot of someone do that Brisbane bartenders group. Yeah, someone sort that, that, that out. Would, It's a really cool idea. I don't know why there aren't more like bartender challenges, challenges yeah. or comps or like you know, even I know that you know flaring's not a huge thing, but you know even like. It could have a whole yeah. comp that had different categories of like. Well, they they judge you on like, I'm like your so friendliness, many ideas like now, your friendliness, like, yeah. and like how you how like you deal with patrons and stuff like that, and like 
the way you like you carry yourself behind the bar and like how you talk to people, like the yeah. friendliness thing again. And um and like like I said, they make a signature cocktail and they gotta see how many of those they can make throughout the night. So they they sit down and they, yeah. they make that and um they yeah, judge them on cool. that as well. Yeah, it's a lot of that's really it's a lot cool. Of fun. Yeah. yeah, I like that. You could almost yeah, I'm getting so many ideas about like you could have a cool bartender challenge thing where Yeah, just chuck it on the ground, man, and grab another one. Um, where you could have like you know, you could have bartenders and they have to compete in all the categories. Yeah. And then it's like someone wins at the end. So you could have like a flaring one and then it's like someone's got a and then another category could be you've got to make this classic drink, you know, yeah. and you so you have to nail the classic drink, you know, mm. and then maybe a you know, a signature cocktail. You know, you can have all yeah. these different categories. Exactly. So someone might have like this awesome signature cocktail, but then be shit at flaring. Yeah. And someone might be real good at flaring but not have that good a cocktail. Yeah. You know, like so exactly. it, could, it would be interesting to see like it's sort of, you know, it's it's a, it's a really out. cool idea. And I reckon like you could have like some of the big bigger bars and clubs around Brisbane like have like they could Hold a challenge and get take their best bartenders from each bar. Yeah. And then they all compete. Like you could have Sub Rosa, Sukasa, Prohibition, the Met, um, Family, um, like all those kinds of places. And like they all just compete to see who's got the best bartenders in in the valley or like in Brisbane kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. I always love getting like people's like bartenders and stuff. Like if I'm just like at a bar, I think when when we were at um, the Born Creative the other week, I just said to the guy, I was like, um, I was like, oh, what's your, like, make us a cocktail, what, whatever you like, mm. you know, signature one. And it was like this Doja Cat one that he was um, was doing or whatever that he called it. And, um, yeah, it was Cat. good. Like, I I love that, like, always asking for, like, you know, what's your signature? Like, make me something. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> Surprise like, me. Yeah, wow, yeah. But me. whatever, like, if you've got, like, something you've worked on, like a signature thing, like, make that up. Yeah. keen to try it. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that would be really cool to do um, something like that because mm. – there's not a lot of that around. Well, yeah, that exactly. I know of. Maybe I'm just not in the right circles. <laughs> it's probably like we've just described something that's been around for 20 years in Brisbane. Yeah, <laughs> it's like every every. It's like in two weeks' just time no or something. No one's even. Well, seen we've it. just never seen it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, so over there, like you said, you know, it's you know each sort of club had a weekday that was yeah. Um, so it'd be like Sunday to Thursday, and then Friday, Saturdays, the locals would kind of stay in. And the people from Vancouver, because Vancouver's only a two-hour drive away, mm-hmm. so you'd get all the people from the city that'd come up and party yeah. on the weekends, and that's where you make it. That's where you get the big spenders. You get like people yeah. who like come up and throw their money around. They get like big penthouses in the in the village and stuff like that. Yeah, they like you do nice things to them. They kind of just tuck some money in your pocket. Just give it because it's still the tip. Like it's still a very tip-based. Everything is system yeah. over there. You know, it's got that that American tip sort of. You know, because yeah. it's in a very it's sort of. An, I think of it as an American yeah exactly. concept, and and so Canada has that kind of a concept as well. Yeah. What about things like going out, like drinking and all that, like cheap expense? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's cheap. Holy crap, it's cheap. How much so, is a beer like if you go to? Well, a bar? When the, like at Mojo's, we used to have like the it's a Canadian beer. It's called Labatt Blue. They sponsor okay. like um, yeah. the Toronto Maple Leafs and, okay, and yeah. um, the Blue Jays and stuff like that. And um, so we'd sell a blue for four dollars fifty. Yeah, that's that's, that's that was yeah. the cheapest beer. And then you get your Coronas for like five fifty six, and yeah. then. Um, like your um, your Stellas and all that kind of stuff, for like yeah, yes. And that's sort of like a of big ven- like yeah. venue. It's that's like at the Met kind of. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like it's at a venue that's like one of the like bigger it's ones. A, yeah, it's the top yeah. one of the top. Because like, you can clubs, get yeah. those, you can get five dollar beers at like a little 
shitty pub yeah exactly you know what i mean but yeah. not at a big yeah, like club the, like the, the met or, yeah. or you know or pro you know any of those kind mm. of clubs you don't really get five dollar beers no definitely not yeah. like i even find it hard like when they, someone tells me it's like nine dollars for basic it really hurts my feelings yeah i remember like, up in townsville men when yeah. I, like the uni night was tuesday night yeah at consortium and so they used to do like it was called dollar drinks mm. but it was <laughs> it wasn't a dollar for it was two dollars it was, so it was a dollar for a half nip drink so two dollars yeah. for a drink but two dollars for a drink is ridiculous still <laughs> so you'd go up and you give them 20 bucks and go can i have 10 drinks yeah and you just get like they just put them on a tray and you like walk back to your table yeah and then one place would do 50 cent full drinks but they'd mm. only do it for an hour that night but they wouldn't tell you when it was yeah. just like they just all of a sudden in the night whatever be time cheap as. well in the night whatever they just someone just get on the mic and go all right, it's happy hour. And then so like for that hour on, it yeah. was 50 cent drinks. But like if you went there, so yes, <laughs> you I had to out. go there because yeah. like, you know, we didn't have phones like it was yeah. you know, it is now. So it was Everyone's like. writing each other letters two days in advance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like you couldn't like, you could send like a text message, but it, it wasn't like it is now where it's like, yeah. you know, like people with. Instant. You, yeah, instant, yeah. Everyone's not on their phone. When you go out, you're not on your phone doing anything. Yeah. You can't really take video yeah. so, or anything. So it's <laughs> like. Nokia E63. Yeah. I think, man, what did, what would I used to have had back then? Like this is when like the, the first iPhones would have been starting. Yeah. Like. And they were. I remember the shit. iPod came out, and the iPod, and all those weird like all the different TV versions. adverts and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. the ads and, and stuff. Yeah, like someone How just funny dancing is it? and shit. How funny is it that like we had a specific particular device just for that? Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? And now just we just, just have one that has just on the phone. Yeah. yeah, just does everything. Yeah. It's like I remember my mum. My mum still has an iPod Classic. Oh really? Like, like one of those first. Fits so that, much that, music that, on it. Five hundred gig. Yeah. Like They're iPhone huge. Classic. Yeah. It's unreal. Fits so much music on it. But and then it's a scroll. You got to go around the button, kind of the thing. wheel thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The old wheel. Yeah, that's so cool. And then they had yeah all the different ones, the touch, and and then all the, the touch, different the brands. Nano, yeah, the, the, the old Nano, MP3 the shuffles. Yeah. The, like, the shuffle. Yeah. Little tiny ones. Yeah. yeah. They had no screen. It was just like you got to kind of just go with what music was playing. Got to shuffle it. <laughs> So um, so yeah, you say you sort of learnt DJing over there a lot, mm-hmm. like in Canada. So what have you noticed differences when you've come back, maybe with music or anything yeah. like that? Because you know you started in a different place, yeah, and then you've come back, you know, to Australia and Brisbane, mm. and it's obviously going to be different. It's definitely, it's definitely two sides of the spectrum. Uh, I can I can say that. Um, yeah. Like I came back here. Like playing so many big gigs as well, like um, like opening for some big people, and um, yeah. also playing a line alongside some big people now who are still growing. Who are some of my like I I consider some of my good friends who are doing amazing things still. Who have also had to put their careers on hold because of COVID, which yeah. sucks. And like yeah. I like I I still support them to this day. Repost their stuff and um, yeah. Uh, so like. Coming back here, like everything over there was like, like house related. Like it was always a, a big house vibe. But it might have been just the crew, like the crowd I hung around as well. Like, yeah. um, like I hung around with a lot of the older guys as well. Like who were. Was there much bass scenes and stuff over there? Drum and bass is big. Yeah, like, drum yeah. and bass is huge. I feel like drum and bass is big everywhere. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's just that constant. Well, Tommy's Tommy's had a um, a night once a month where it was run by this group called the Junglists. Okay, and, uh, yeah. So they were called Whistler Junglists, 
and that was of course a dry, they're playing jungle like yeah, drum bass and shit. Drum yeah, bass yeah, and that's yeah, all like, it was you hear the like, name and you go I know what they're playing yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Um, but it was I, I only ever went to one of them and it was the show that uh, Sticky Buds headlined yeah dope so they'd, so they'd, they'd try to get a bigger a bigger act coming once a month or once every two months kind of thing but Sticky Buds was unreal yeah, he's to say the least to say the least he um Oh, excuse me. I believe it's Tyler, isn't it? What? Tyler, I think that's his real yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's played over here for us for like blah blah blah. We used to yeah, the breakbeat stuff. That the so other yeah, day, yeah. yeah, I've hung out with him. Um, yeah, he's he's definitely a character too. Um stage presence is unreal. Just the, yeah. the, the, the jumping around, the flopping, the, the long hair. The long hair and everything. The long yeah. hair is crazy. And then just dope tunes too. Yeah, like, you and know, his like, music yeah, is yeah. unreal. Um like that sort of glitch hoppy or like, you know, that kind it's of like, like have you vibe. heard of the funk hunters? The funk hunters, yeah. So I'm not sure. So they're know, they're yeah. based. I think they're based in Vancouver. Okay, yeah. Um. Anyway, so funk hunters. Um. They run the la- their label is um, Westwood Records. Uh, okay, I've definitely yeah. heard of Westwood Records. Yeah. yeah. So um. So I used to see them play a fair bit as well when they'd come through Whistler and do surprise shows and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And like like when I say surprise show, that they have like Summerfest in the middle of Whistler Square. And they'd have this big stage, and everyone would f- would find. I remember the afternoon. Everyone found out that afternoon we were already at a keg party at my house at my buddy's place. So the whole party just goes. Oh yeah, so <laughs> but like-, like we had to go play a bushdorf later that night as well, <laughs> yeah. which was oh, the bushdorf scene over there was unreal. But uh, so we're like already wasted, and they're like, "Oh, Funk Hunters are playing in the village at the moment." Like, "Oh, let's go!" So we got into a taxi and went over to the village, and we we're all wasted, starting to cook. And the Funk Hunters come on and they've got like someone playing a saxophone as well and they've got someone yeah. um, like, like instru- live yeah, instrument live stuff, instrumentals yeah, as well. And their, their kind of stuff was like glitchy, like dub, I would say. Like, yeah. like it's like ghetto funk. Dub, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, like real funk mean, yeah. soul, but it's like that glitchy wubs yeah, to yeah, it yeah. as well. I, yeah. I don't exactly But it's know around that like 100, 110 BPM Yeah, kind like of it's vibe. slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so later that night we went to the Bushdorf. I think it was my second one I played. It was run by this um, this Canadian Filipino guy called um, Joey. Um, he's actually a really good friend of mine as well. Who ended up starting his own um, event um, like event planning um, business yeah, with we have another one of our yep. mates, Toby, who's from the UK. Um, I'm not sure if you. I was meant to play a festival in the Philippines earlier this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Fuck, that would've been sick. Three day full moon festival, and yeah, was, yeah. So like our accommodation was paid for, we landed fee, everything like that, and then three weeks out to flying there, COVID goes. Nah, mm. you're not going anywhere. I was meant to go up to Townsville for yeah for for gigs, and that fell through at Easter time. Yeah, yeah. Of COVID too. So yeah, yeah, it was meant to be my holiday as well. So yeah, I was meant to be my, you... my two week holiday. Yeah, uh, and it all and just went to shit. It all went to shit. It all went to shit. That's and I was it, yeah. like playing with people, like all my friends from Whistler. So like Dan Darley again as well. Um, my happy place. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He's big in Byron. No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, think he's so. Adrian. He's um, a really good friend as well. He's an awesome dude. Um, real hippie vibe to him as well. Surfs, yes. smokes weed. Yeah, yeah. Thing. The yeah. DJs. That's why he's living down in. Did you say Byron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, That's I probably really the vibe down there. Well, it's like a it's like a summer version of Whistler. That's all the town is. Okay, basically. yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like that's all it is. Yeah. Um, but went so the bush stuff was like forty five, oh, 35 minute drive out of town. Yeah. Um, 
back down towards Vancouver and then you go up this mining road and then in a little bit and there's like this little lake and this guy lives out there in this shack and it's yeah. like got this wall <laughs> so you got the DJ booth and there's this wall along it and it's got all these records and books and then there's like a little ladder out the back of the shack that goes up to his bed and he's got his cat up there and stuff like that mm. it's really well looked after um, but we'd throw the bush doofs out there as well yeah. and um, and this would have been I think it was Entropia Entropia is what he called it and um, it was like a like a space themed bush doof kind oh, of yeah, thing cool, like yeah. intergalactic space gate to another world yeah yeah Sounds trippy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, a forest full of people dressed up in weird costumes and fur coats and people just high on acid. And, yeah, yeah, and, just tripping and out. Just psychedelic like, city. Yeah, psychedelic city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and you just played all these people. I've got I've got some videos I can show you later. It's yeah, quite yeah, funny cool. as well. Um, yeah, there's this chick sitting in the front row and she's like holding a teddy bear. She's like. Just off her head. Oh, it's really funny though, because she's yeah. like bobbing to the music. She's like, and, yeah, really yeah. wasted. Um, have you have you been to many doofs over here? Like no, I haven't been to back? one yet. Yeah, no, I that'd really be want cool to. to go to just to see. You know, again, like I was asking about the differences yeah. and stuff. Like, I think it's interesting seeing different things in different places, even different cities. Yeah, but different countries. It's totally different. Exactly, like, and it's interesting to see how the different cultures or scenes work mm. in different places and um i'd be interested to see what the difference is between canadian bush stuff and an australian bush canadian like, bush just, just, just uh, you know like just to experience colder. it yeah it would be oh and the summertime though it's not really that cold like it gets as hot as here like you can have yeah. a nice a nice summer day over in canada in the summertime whistler to like 35 degrees yeah and like you're up in the mountains too so it's scorching hot yeah and it and like it, it tends to dry out bushfire season in canada is like I've almost seen it as bad as bushfire season here. Like yeah. it, it fills up the whole state, uh, the whole province. Sorry, they don't yeah. use states over there, provinces. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember one year I was walking down from staff housing, and you could see the big mountain. Like as you're walking into the village, and like everything was orange, you couldn't see the mountain. Yeah. It was like it was like an eclipse had come over the earth. It was yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah, the bush. I'd love to play a bush stuff here. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I feel like. You can, I can be more of myself, like a wild kind of character, because that's that's what I am. I like, I like, I like. I don't. I actually don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> <laughs> you just I, like get, I, I get yeah, weird. Get, Let's just yeah, say yeah. I, I like getting weird. Yeah, you like so, to get a bit loose and and just yeah, yeah do stupid shit. Yeah, um, Jess. Jess was uh, Jess was one for getting weird. My partner Jess, she likes getting weird too, but um, it's not a sustainable lifestyle. And she was right. Like uh, she was she, right. She, she's the one who told she's you. She's one hundred percent right. She's and like, I know, we can't I know keep she's doing gonna this. watch this. Yeah. I know she's gonna watch this. And she's gonna be like, I told you. Yeah. Like, I, like it's not sustainable. And uh, and and she, I know she looks at me sometimes. She goes, "You could probably go back and do it again, couldn't you?" And I tell her every time, like, "Yeah, I could." But but I think to myself, but only after for a little it, bit. I'm like, "Yeah, like, no, I could I do it for a year, maybe." Oh, I don't even know. I could probably do it about six months before my body kicked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. But yeah. I know people who still did doing the same thing, like, and they were doing it like ten years before I even got there. Yeah. Like, and they're like, and they'll be doing it for ten years more. Yeah. <laughs> and then they'll die. Yeah. So, like, what about music growing up then? Like, because you talked about when you it was when you went over, you know, to to. Canada when yeah. you sort of started learning DJing and stuff. That's Did you I do started... anything before then or what kind of music were you into before that? I was Have a massive heavy into... kid. 
Yeah, like, what like, kind of heavy high school, stuff? Like, I was like, like, like bands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't really start getting into EDM or like electronic music producers until probably year twelve was when I started looking at at all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, between year nine and year, and even to this day, I still listen to these bands even at work. Yeah. Like I'll be in the kitchen cooking, and if I'm on if I'm on a shift on my own that day, I'll have like Bullet for My Valentine playing or Old School Escape yeah. the Fate. Okay, yeah. Um, a Day to Remember. A Day to Remember is hands down one of my favorite bands. Um, we Came as Romans, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, so even still listen to Lincoln Park. My first ever live show I ever went to for a band, I was 16 and it was one of my friends at the time in high school. She, um, oh, I'm good. Oh, no, oh, the, the bottle opener. Bottle opener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she goes, she messaged me and I had to ask my mum because I was still underage, right? Yeah. And she goes, hey, I got a spare ticket to an Evanescence concert. Evanescence. And I That's was like, she's like, do you want to yeah, come? Yeah. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. I'd love to go to Evanescence. And What's Hans- an Evanescence concert like? Yeah. That would have been was, interesting. It was interesting. I was like the only like white kid not with black hair. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was awesome. Like Amy Lee sounds amazing live. She sounds exactly the same live as she does on her records. Like it was amazing. The like the drum solos from the, the drummer as well. Like, yeah. were, like there was like three or four of them and they were insane. And like every time Biffin is, is drum sticks out into the crowd and people going yeah. crazy trying to find them. Yeah. And, um, it was the best eighty dollar ticket I ever bought in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. It was yeah. right here at the Brisbane Exhibition Center too. Yeah. Um, I had to catch training from Caboolture because I lived out in Bribey. That's where I grew up. Oh, really? Out yeah. Bribey. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Year the year five to year twelve out in Bribey. Yeah. And, but you um, were you were born in New Zealand? Yeah. Though? So yeah, I okay. moved to to Australia in two thousand and five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, and it was it was great. And then I've just like. I didn't go to another live show after that one till I probably 2016 when I moved to Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did you then like get into that kind of music? Were you into it at all before you moved to Canada? Or, like Into like, like – Electronic or dance yeah, music was, at all? Yeah, yeah. I, So I, how did that happen for you, like getting into that music? Did it just sort of – you just so started hearing it or did you go out and see it somewhere or the what? Met. The, so this is going to come back, and the I know Matt. Greg. Greg's going to be sitting there licking his chops, listening to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, licking his chops or off chops, either off one. Chops, either one. Probably both. Um, <laughs> so he. Oh no! So I, when I turned eighteen, a lot of my mates were already eighteen because my birthday is three days after Christmas. So yep. like all my friends throughout the throughout that whole year of two thousand and thirteen were turning eighteen, going to the valley yep. and all that kind of stuff, and I was always the last one. So when I turned eighteen, my mates like. We're going to the valley. We're going to the Met tonight. So, like, what is your? Are you saying your birthday is the twenty eighth? Yeah, because that's when we used to run our blah 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 music. Yeah, festival. I remember you telling it was me about always that last the twenty eighth. Yeah, so is, yeah, because then would have been your birthday. Be, like artists <laughs> got to travel, and then everyone's still hung over from Christmas and all that. Kind well, of because stuff. it was a breakbeat festival, and Breaks Fest is on New Year's. Uh, so Christmas, a uh, Boxing Day. Yeah, day after Christmas over in Perth. Mm. So then there's like a day they play that. They basically spend the next day traveling from Perth to, yeah. to Brisbane and then they play the gig that, you know, exactly, here yeah. because, like, you know, it's a huge breakbeat festival mm. and our festival's a breakbeat festival yeah. as well. So, yeah, and but such a big industry because mm. it's that Christmas, New Year's time between where no one's really doing anything. Yeah. It's not really like a clubbing time. It's so everyone would just come, like, you'd have managers, people who worked at bars. Yeah. 
you know, um, promoters, like from everyone. And it was just like this big industry festival. Yeah. So good, man. Like, oh. We'd sell cheap tickets. We'd fucking cheat beer. <laughs> well, actually, we were the only festival in Queensland to have be selling full strength alcohol. Oh, really? Um, at our festivals, and the reason we could do it was because we found a loophole where if you got someone who was, say, a pub, yeah. who had a liquor license, yeah. they could come in, and if you just paid them to be the licensee to do it, yeah. So you technically didn't need to get a license mm. because. That you were using their license, yeah, exactly. Because liquor licensing wouldn't issue you a full strength, you know, license. Yeah. So what you've got to do is you've actually got to like do a, a deal with the the pub or whatever who has the yeah. license, and then you know, because then it's technically not you <laughs> doing it. <laughs> so you can't. Nothing gets you in trouble. Well, no, because like they won't give you a license to sell full strength alcohol yeah. at a at a festival. Mm. But if you're Paying someone else to come in and provide the the then, then alcohol for it, it then you can ah, because it's not yeah. Okay. So it's this little loophole. So we would sell full strength beer and everything yeah. at our festival, um, which up. is cool. But um, yeah, like it just yeah, really really good. And and the whole vibe was that we would cap numbers too. It was like yeah, two thousand. That's it. Jesus Christ. And it's like so it would be like you'd have room to dance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could actually go to like a tent, and it wasn't just like shoulder to shoulder it was like yeah. you could actually if you wanted like have like a little you know couple of meters dance mm. like with a group of you like you know yeah. you'd have like room to like actually have fun like, and yeah. it was so good like yeah was it was it where, really whereabouts did you do it uh so we've done we did a few places like um we did it like the outside uh where like the cultural forecourt you know where the big uh What's that uh, Ferris wheel oh, in, the, on South Bank? The Brisbane Eye thing. Yeah, yeah. It's so uh, that little grass area out the front oh, of the okay. the performance oh, centre like there. River Stage. No, River Stage. Not River Stage, but this is on on like South Bank. Yeah, near the bridge and stuff yeah. where the buses go over and where all oh, the okay. the Q Pack like the performance oh, okay, centre is. Yeah, There's yeah, like a are. grassed area there that's just an open grass area, and we used to just like get it off the. Um, but we've done it at Kangaroo Point. Then we did it like a, a block party outside of Oh Hello. We took over Cloudland. Yeah. Oh, really? We took over Cloudland. We had like the main stage in the main like yeah. area. And then we had like two other stages in what were the function rooms yeah, um, right. upstairs and stuff. And like that was that was mental because it's such a nice place. Yeah. Such I've never a nice been in there, fancy eh? venue. And everyone's just like, because everyone's like into breakbeat. And it was like, yeah. it was always like, we always had like a loose crowd. Like yeah. just drinking like everyone's so just getting much. Out Pierce, just like Pierce, like and yeah. so we'd always like be like, once you make this much on the bar, we want to cut, like, because we yeah. know that our like, yeah, it's exactly. gonna, they're gonna sell a shitload over the bar, yeah. So we'd always have like a deal like that, and it's like we do it the first <laughs> time, smart, and they we do really it the first smart. time, and they'd be like, oh, we'll give you a little bit, and then like the next time we'd always come back, they'd be like, oh yeah, let's do that, like yeah yeah, let's do a deal, like because they know that everyone just like drinks shitloads, yeah. So it's like. Cloudland, this nice, classy, fancy place mm. that usually is like, you know, people real nice and sweet. Yeah. And this is just like festival gear. Like people wearing <laughs> singlets. It's in summer. Like, people wearing singlets and stuff and everyone's just like loose everywhere in this amazing venue. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a really good one. Um, that kind of reminds me of, um, uh, so there's a bar in Whistler called Longhorns. And okay, it yeah, sits yeah. right. So you ski down the last run. Yeah. And you unclip your board and the front door of the bar's right there. You walk in and they have this perfect. big, big patio. And so, that was perfect. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. So they're 
they do this patio party series through the winter time, right? Like winter coming into summer and then they do it through summer as well. And um, so they'd have the DJ play on the on the balcony or they used to be on the roof, but then they, they've um, recently, I've been seeing, they've um, re- renovated this whole new stage booth right, in, right out the front. And um, they have people like, my first patio party was Benny Benassi. And that would have been sick. Holy! I remember wow. Benny Benassi back in the day, man. Benny like, Benassi, fucking tunes. Because I like I started DJing around that time yeah. when he was like satisfactory. You know, yeah, like, all yeah. those like big tunes were like coming out yeah. and stuff. And it's like, oh, like yeah. Oh, it was unreal. And so I remember the first. <laughs> this turns into another like three day being awake bender yeah, story. Yeah. But um, so basically, we um, it was a Monday afternoon, and because we. Um, Mojo's was never open on a Monday. We always closed Mondays because like we were open all night Sunday. And um, so Monday afternoon, Benny Benassi is playing and like you can, in this patio, like there's like tabletops everywhere and like high stool chairs and stuff. Yeah. So basically by halfway through the patio party before Benny Benassi even gets on, there's like two openers and everyone's already cooked, wasted. Everyone's, Fighting for a tabletop to dance on top of, like yeah, you can, like like there's these big concrete it's at that slabs. stage in the night. Oh no, <laughs> this is at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, well, in the afternoon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that um, stage, yeah. and people, people are like, you can't leave your table, you lose your spot. You lose yeah, your it's spot. That vibe, yeah. the, and you um, got to send someone to get drinks for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. Then you wait in a line, and then like people want shots, people want beers, people want bombs, people want like the. So they used to do these. They had these big golden champagne guns. Right, yeah. and they look like those old school mobster mafia Tommy guns, right? Yeah, yeah. And you stick a big bottle of champagne in it. It's like three hundred bucks to get it. So basically, you stick the bottle of champagne in it and you shake it, and it shoots the champagne out of it. This gold gun—that's all it is. That's all you get out of it. Yeah. Can you drink the champagne? <laughs> you can drink the champagne, yeah. but people just use it to shoot at people. Man, some people have too much money. Yeah, eh? exactly. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh. I'm- we get it. You got money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've got this cool. um, video of that Benny Benassi show. And like, it's me and my, my three, four of my best mates who I still like keep in contact with this day. Some of them I still see regularly. Um, and it's like just before Benny Benassi came on and we're all drinking out of like Stein glasses of beer and like, or like, because over there, like you get a jug of beer here in Australia and they call a jug of beer that big. A jug of beer over there is that big and it costs Massive. 17 bucks. Yeah, so and big you, yeah, you're yeah. just drinking out of the jug by the end of the night. Yeah. Um, but like Benny Benassi came on. I remember my Sam goes, my my buddy Sam turns around and goes, he goes, like, Oi, it's Benny be nasty. And I was like, what did you say? Yeah. He goes, he's like, oh, so nasty, Benny been nasty. <laughs> and, he's, and so it became a thing yeah. where every time someone's like, oh, that's nasty, someone's like, Benny being nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all for three days we were awake. And the worse, the more we were awake, the more delusional we got, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like always, it's like a callback too because yeah. you're like, it's the same joke. You keep bringing it yeah. back, like, but apply it to a new thing. Like, exactly. Yeah. Classic, so, yeah, yeah. It always and, happens with like kick-ons yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. There's always something like, I went to one the other week and a guy who op shops, he, mm-hmm. he's, he's found these floral jackets yeah and so he found one one time he's like that's awesome we're gonna buy that and yeah. then so now he goes to all these other op shops and he's just found the same jackets at different op shops at different <laughs> times and so now he like walks in and like sees one and he goes oh just like laughs and he goes 
how much I'll have that. <laughs> like, and so he's got he's got like eight of one floral pattern, like yeah. color, and then he's got three of another, and that five of another, and then he's got two <laughs> that have matching like pants and stuff. So yeah. like, we just like got it out at the kick ons, and like everyone's like wearing it around, like yeah. you know, and in the place, and we're like. We're getting the band back together. We got the band back together. You know, the whole that was the joke the whole night because like we're oh, all wearing the same the, band back together. the same That's stuff. Awesome. And he's like, "Just leave your band fees at the uh, you know. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be chasing you guys. It's only five dollars. Yeah, make sure you leave your band fees before you leave on the counter. Like you know, don't want to have to chase you for it. So the whole whole joke all night was we got the band back together kind of thing. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, like um, yeah. So that is, like we ended up being throughout that three day period. We went to. So after Benny Manassi, we had to go DJ like after that. So we we had so the, the show finished at eight. We had to be at the club by nine thirty, mm. which was literally just around the corner. So we're like, <laughs> we have an hour and a half to spare. Where do we go get a drink? Or what do we do? Like, do we go back to the house or do we so we go to my favorite bar. It's my favorite bar in Whistler. Yeah. And it's still to this day, apart from Mojo's, will be my favorite bar. It's called yeah. Three Below. Yeah. So three below. So it's it's down a flight of stairs again, and it's where the the local cinema is as well. So the yeah. cinema's down there, and it's a restaurant and bar. And so this place is <coughs> notorious. You go in and you don't remember leaving ever because you can get four shots for fourteen dollars, and yeah. a double like a, a basic double seven seventy five. Yeah, that's pretty mental. And that's yeah. yeah. And so it reminds me of my of the of the dollar drinks days. Yeah. Like exactly. that's that kind of exactly. vibe. Yeah. Like and so, yeah. oh, just dangerous. But that like, wasn't on any specific day. It was every day. Every day, yeah. Every, yeah, yeah. every day. Yeah. So um so we went in there and like we didn't need any more to drink, but but we're at that point where like you've drunk enough and it's not really doing anything. It's kind of just keeping you level and stopping you from sleeping, right? Yeah. So we're down there and we're like, we should probably sober up or eat something before we have to go play because we're playing for five hours. So um, we've got some like bruschetta and like some some like mashed potato and some chips and we're just like dipping everything and eating it. And then we ran over to open up and um, – so we then we played all night and then we ended up at a house party uh, till about 10 in the morning. And then I remember um, Sam turns around and goes to me, he goes, all right, I'll be back. And I was like, where are you going? He's like, just make sure you stay here. I'll be like 20 minutes. Yeah, don't leave. <laughs> three don't hours, leave without three hours later. Yeah, yeah. Three hours later. Always the way. Comes back and he's like, I picked up some goodies. So he'd been to the bottle shop. He'd been to go buy some smokes. He went and bought some snacks. And then so we drank through the rest of the day and yeah. ate the snacks and everything like that. And then we had to go and play again that night again. And we still yeah, hadn't slept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, oh, I feel like we just did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's doing basically yeah. the life of what, like I was saying, that, that, that it's not a realistic lifestyle. Yeah. But that's what the lifestyle's. Or it, you don't have, well, it doesn't have to be a lifestyle. Can, it can be that. But it, it's and it's fun for a lot of people. It is that lifestyle, yeah. And it's easy to get caught up into it because that's yeah a lifestyle that's prolific over there. A lot of people exactly, are into it. yeah, yeah. And like, and it's because it, you said like lots of people come in as like the working holiday thing, so they're there also to be having a that. holiday and yeah. having fun. So they're exactly. like, like, oh, when else am I going to get to stay up for three days and <laughs> and play? Two gigs, and, you know, and do this, like, you know, yeah, it's kind exactly. of like that once in a lifetime kind of like moment. Yeah, of thing, yeah, I just, I don't think I'll ever find somewhere 
um, in the world you could ever do that again. I think it's like it's its own thing. That's the same thing with Whistler. The people call it the Whistler bubble. The locals call it the bubble. So mm. it's the, the Whistler bubble. So once you're in that bubble, it's really, really hard to get out of it. Yeah, because it's um, just like, yeah. But it's also a choice. Like there were some point, there were some times where I was like, um, it's like I sh like I shouldn't be doing this. I should be saving money so I could actually do things. But like it was like it's I get so really bad FOMO. Yeah. So like yeah, my friends are saying. having fun. I'm like yeah. I have to be there for like, it. Uh, but they're gonna tell me about the stories. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's gonna like, tell me yeah, what happened. And then I'll be like, oh, I missed out. Well, um, let's have a quick break. Um, go to the bathroom and stuff, and we'll yeah. come back and we'll keep going. Yeah, sweet. Sounds good. So we're back. Yep. This is actually the first time I've. Uh, done the podcast when there's been music next door yeah right so i hope that the sound is all right for everyone i think it will be um it looks like on the waveform we're not picking up too much from next door well, that's always good yeah so um you know we were talking you know a, a lot about the music and stuff and yeah and getting into that but i know you're a chef as well yeah you, yeah so how did you get into is that something you did when you came back or did you learn over i've been doing it this will be my 11th year being a chef so before like, you know, went over time. and got into the whole music thing you were already oh yeah so when i was a in chef. Like year, nine, year, year nine year yeah. nine um, my parents knew the manager and his wife who managed the bribe on surf club yeah and so they needed a dishy i was about almost 14 and yeah. uh, they're like it's time for you to get a part-time job so i was like yeah. all right so um i went and tried that eventually like working like four nights a week like after school and then always weekends like it ruined yeah. my social life in high school <laughs> for yeah. um going to parties and stuff like that but i kind of um you made up for it yeah well i wasn't really in the, for it. in the cool crowd anyway yeah cool yeah. crowd i was yeah, more yeah. of the person who was friends with everyone yeah, yeah. really a, a set group of friends yeah um, but, uh, so yeah, I, um, I got into like, then I started like asking them to teach me things. And from there I like started wanting to learn more and more. So teach me more and more. And then I got on the line and then I learned from there and then went, and then I kind of left there and then I jumped, like I jumped around between jobs, um, for like, for like three or four months. And yeah. then that's when I decided it was like, I, it's really hard to get a job here because I didn't have my license or anything like that yeah. and stuff like that. So, and this was over on Bribey still? Yeah, or? still yeah, on Bribey, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. then my parents said, hey, we'll, we'll buy a one-way ticket back to New Zealand. You can just go from there. So that's what happened. Yeah. And then um, I got into – because I was doing surf lifesaving as well. So yeah. I had like that background. So when I first moved back to New Zealand, I um, – I got a lifeguard job at one of the thermal pools. Okay, yeah. There, so I was thermal doing that. pools. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like lifeguard thermal, job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had like a kids' water playground and shit like that too. But yeah. like I was fresh eighteen. All they wanted to do was party. So I'd always rock up half an hour late, which was really bad. Yeah. Or hungover, and then like yeah. it would it would it was a boring job. It really was. Yeah. It wasn't much happening. Just standing around like yeah. So I would fall asleep, sitting down. <laughs> It was really, really bad. Yeah. And like I'm glad no one died while I was doing that. Yeah, you feel so bad. You're yeah. Like, oh, man. But most of the time it was just taking like pH levels of the pools and, oh, and yeah, like, make sure it's all good. And yeah. checking water temperatures and stuff and making sure the bathrooms were clean. It wasn't really fun. So then I went from It's not even really a lifeguard. No, it's yeah, not. Like, really. It's pool just, attendant. Yeah, pool, pool attendant. Yeah. And then I went from that and I got back into hospitality because I wanted to break out of hospitality. And yeah. then I got back into it but I was working front of house at a bar at an English pub okay, um, yeah. and then it wasn't much money 
So I was like, I got to get back into chefing because I'm gonna. It's the only way I'm gonna earn money because it's my where all my background is. So yeah. I got into chefing again, and then just chef right through until I moved to Canada. And then I um, it's actually interesting. My job that I got for working for Whistle Blackcomb um was a um, it was like a it was a an alpine an alpine hut worker is yeah. what it was called. So what so I had just to do a, was on a poutine station. No, just I making was, poutine for everyone. <laughs> it was actually one of the only little because it was right in the alpine. So I had to. I woke up at quarter to six every morning. Yeah. Get ready. I'd put on my work clothes, and then on top of that, I'd put on my snowboard boots, my yeah. snowboard pants, my jacket, my helmet, and everything like that. Grab my board, and then so I'd snowboard down to the bottom to where the lift is. Get on that lift. Go up, get on a second lift, go up again. You get to one of the big lodges at the top of the mountain. And then because early in the mornings, the ski patrol are doing their bombing runs to bomb for avalanches and stuff like that. So every morning it was like a fucking war zone. Because that's crazy. People like if if you don't know about, um, you know, I suppose like snowfields and and yeah. stuff like you don't know about that and I had no idea about that until I went to New Zealand because yeah. I this was the first time I saw snow and went to Mount Hutt and stuff yeah and I'm um, up there and there was like a there's signs that say like with pictures of like the the, the explosives, explosives. The things it was like if you see one of these don't touch it yeah exactly tell like, tell, like come and tell us and that and I, sometimes I actually, they don't go off yeah and I like went up to the I went up to the um the like people at the thing and yeah I was just like what What's that about? Like, what? Are, yeah. Like, why are there these bombs? Like, yeah, exactly. These bombs around that they're like, oh, they use it for the avalanche stuff. And I was like, really? Like, that's, <laughs> I had no idea. You know, it was and- really cool. Um, yeah. So they used to have bomb that, and we'd have to wait to see if our our the run that we had to take to work was clear because mm. they also have snow cats out like grooming the runs and stuff like that. Yeah. And they also have like these winches they pull it, put into the top of the run if they have to go down a steep hill. And yeah. those winches you can't really see. So if you snowboard into one, it's gonna cut you in half yeah so um so yeah we'd wait for those and we'd clear out and then we had to snowboard another 25 minutes down to another lift to get on that lift and go back up to where our little hut was and what we used to serve was it was the only place out of the whole resort that was service we do waffles okay yeah yeah. so buttermilk waffles yeah and like it was really because as, as a resort they money hungry they charge heaps so like you get a big waffle it would probably be like that big and it would come with like Two mount, like four mountains of whipped cream on it, chocolate sprinkles, bacon, banana, um, and berry compote on it, and then you could add um, a shot of Bailey's on it for an extra four dollars. Yeah, and all they would do was bang out waffles all day, and then we also used to do these wood fire meat sandwiches. So we'd do yeah. a Montreal smoked brisket. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. And then we'd do um, a poor cheddar um, sandwich as well. So it's like yeah. the pork loin wrapped around. With pork belly. I'm getting, I'm getting hungry was, now. Yeah, about crackling it. I, on top. I haven't eaten for ages. I think yeah. you said you had to yeah, eat. Yeah, I haven't eaten. I had like two pieces of toast earlier. So I'm like, but like, yeah, it would be served on like, um, like ciabatta bread and have like Gruyere cheese melted onto yeah. it in the wood fire and then have like a nice beetroot and walnut feta salad on the side and then a cup of soup. And you get that for like 18 bucks. You'd only need one of them and you'd be set for the rest of the day. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's what I did all day. And then we, End of the day, we'd clean it all up and then get back into our snow gear. And it was like an hour and a half ride to the bottom of the mountain to where where it come off the mountain. My back door was right there. Like yeah. I'd snowboard into my back door. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It, 
it's an experience and yeah. like if anyone's thinking about doing it i highly recommend it yeah like and there's so many other ski resorts in canada as well like um like you got big white and um where is it it's on the other side of bc um and then you can go to banff which is in alberta and then um yep. then you got lake louise sun peaks all that kind of stuff as well which yep. are also like sun peaks is where snow bombing canada happens yeah which is really cool. Like it's the the big festival that happens at the top of the mountains and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I know snow bombing over. Yeah, here. I think it was in. They do it in Austria as well. Yeah, Austria. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know Penny LA actually played that. Yeah, when she, she played won. Um, yeah, when, when she, she actually, won I think shot, yeah. I think it was twice she's played there actually. Yeah, I think she's gone back. Yeah. Yeah, she went back. Yeah, um, Penny's actually she's a great chick as well. Um, helped me out heaps since being back here. Became really good friends through the Met. Um, which is actually, I met her because of Jess, my partner as well. Okay, so yeah. Jess was, um, she was um, on one one night and I was working as a promoter. So I was standing at the lighting booth in the mat. She comes up and Penny was headlining down in Coco. And she comes up to me and she goes, I just met the coolest chick. And I was like, oh, yeah, who was it? She's like, oh, I'm pretty sure she's the DJ headlining downstairs. I was like, Penny LA. She's like, yeah. I was like, I haven't met her yet. She goes, well, I met her. She's great. You have to meet her. And so yeah. the week later, oh, two weeks later, Actually, I come in, I finish my my day job as a chef at nine o'clock and then at the Met by 9.30 and she walks in and I, so I approached her and I spoke to her yeah. and we actually got we actually um, got a pretty good conversation going and she's yeah. helped me out with a lot since being back here as well with um, like starting my mix series, which yeah. which is a big one, um, showing me a lot with um, like a couple of crash courses in Ableton as well. Yeah, yeah. I really know much. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, she's been a pretty good, pretty big influence since being back in the Brisbane scene. She's a yeah. bit, she's also been around in the Brisbane scene for a while too. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I thank her for that. Um, and she's also a really good friend of mine as well. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I enjoy I talking to her. I don't see I don't see her that much, but I, I, whenever she works I see a lot, her, she yeah, works a lot. I, whenever I see her, it's always a good good little chat. Exactly. Yeah. 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 She's just a, a, like a really good energy about her. Like, um, like, and like a real, uh, the way I feel is like a, a motherhood figure, like a mother figure as well. Like, um, she makes sure everyone's looked after and like, yeah. and like. I kind of feel when you just said about that energy thing, I've kind of feel like any of the people who have won your shot over the years have that. Good like energy. Like Shaw's got good, like a good you yeah. know, energy and stuff, you know, LJ. Mm. Penny. Yeah. Um, like Mickey Blue. Like yeah. all these people who have won, they're all like, legends yeah you know like, yeah. like actually like cool to hang out with yeah exactly they're not just like really good djs they're actually it's like you could just hang I out i guess with you them gotta anywhere. have that good energy about you if especially if you've got to pursue dj because no one wants to like look up to someone with their music and let their music be amazing and then meet their idol in person and they're just, and just absolute tosser yeah like like i feel like you gotta portray yourself as a well not portray like you just got to be a good person you got to be a good real person yeah like be kind be kind be exactly kind. it's on the shirt people be kind. on the shirt um <laughs> but like yeah so uh, like people you've just named as well yeah. like especially a lot of like my friends in canada as well so like um two two people like i was saying like i always repost and still followers like the guys from case of the mondays i'm not sure if you heard of case of the mondays before I'm not sure um, they're actually they're, I, I consider them two um, two pretty good friends as well. Um, they're a DJ duo who met over there. So um, yeah. you've got Johnny T, who's Canadian, who's from Toronto. Yep. Um, and um, he's been living in Whistler for years. Uh, we call him Johnny Blue Eyes. He's the 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 he's 
always the center of attention and yeah, yeah, yeah. loves to party. Um, and then you've got Andrew, who is, his DJ name's LaDuda, so we just call him Duda. Um, Duda's Australian, he's from Sydney. He was pretty immersed in the scene in Sydney. Um, he's pretty tight with people like um, Dom Dollar, um, Tyron Foot. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Go Freak. Like yeah. the boys from Go Freak as well, which actually that's just Caleb now and Go Freak. Yeah. Um, who's actually killing it as well. Yeah, He's yeah. pulling out some awesome tracks. Um, but yeah, so um, I actually learned. So when I was saying that I'd spend six hours a day in front of Dex. Yeah. So like, I also used to go. So they had their night um, when I first moved to Whistler at Garfinkel's. It was, they have called, their DJ name is Case of the Mondays, but they would call their night Case of the Mondays as well. And it would be yeah. on a Monday. Yeah. And um, so I used to go and always hang out behind the booth with them because it was this big open space behind them. Oh, yeah, and I would so just sit booth, over their yeah. shoulder and I'd kind of just, just watch. watch. I just watched. What are they doing there? What's that? Like, what yeah, button like, do you hit there? What yeah. button are you doing there? Like, like which effects are you using for this? Yeah. And like, like cute little echo out tricks and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And like, just like cool little things that make your set quirky, right? And Dudo is really good at that. And uh, um, like, Dudo's also an amazing producer. Like, yeah. he. The amount of time and effort he's put into learning how to master his craft and stuff like that. And some of the tracks they like, they come out with are just awesome. I remember hearing their first um, – the first remix I heard from them when they was started doing their thing um, was, um, you know that song, Bad and Bougie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they brought out a remix of that. And I remember hearing that. And it was on the Longhorns patio party. Yeah. Um, they did and I remember hearing it I'm just like this is fucking awesome and I'm standing on my table like just drunk as I'm like I need this and I remember spending like three weeks trying to find the remix but it hadn't been released yet and I didn't and I was still learning on like how to like find music and like like, where to search for it and all that kind of stuff and like I just asked Dudo and Dudo was like I'll just send it to you yeah yeah. (laughs) I was like I was like because people are just always like I'll just send it it's with anyone like you just ask them and they're like yeah here man if you're gonna play it for me then go for it yeah and then from there um like I um so the night the Sunday nights at Mojo's he was one of the main apps Laduda so like he just do his own thing as well as Case the Mondays and um he it was me him and so another guy um, who was – he played – he was a resident every club in town. He's been in town for for years and, like, he's, like – Just the OG. Yeah, he was the, the OG. The godfather. So his, his DJ name was Fidel Cash Flow. <laughs> and, Fidel Cash Flow. Yeah, but his name mine. is Phil. And Phil yeah. is honestly – I can't even put Phil into words. He was just, like – the best word to say is a gem. Like, he was just, like, yeah. heart of gold. Yeah. Always loved to joke around. Always keen to get on the piss, and like when I first met him, he would he turned forty, and like he still parties like he's he's twenty years old, and he still. I does know some of those day. creatures. <laughs> I've met some of those absolute yeah, monsters, like yeah. in a good way, like you know, like just yeah, he just was old and know what they're doing, and, and like, he'd open for everyone under the sun, like any big name act that came through yeah. Whistler, he was always on the spot act, every yeah. time, every time without doubt. Well, it doesn't matter what club it was at. Yeah, he was he was there, but his main clubs were Mojo's, Max Fish, and Garfinkel's. Yeah, and he he was actually the first person. He's the one who originally started the Glow Party at Mojo's. Okay, yeah. So like these two promoter chicks um, wanted to start a Glow Party. Said so Phil's like, "Oh, do you would you like DJing it?" And then he's like, "Yeah, right." And then they grew it into this thing that happened every week. And yeah. for like by the time I'd met him, it'd been going for ten years. And so it's still going. It's still going. 
Well, the yeah. club hasn't reopened since COVID. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's the events. But like, yeah, thing, yeah, but like, yeah, and the, the club actually adopted it as its trademark thing. So like, everyone knows Mojo's is the glow party. Like, it's yeah, it's that's what it was. That's what it was. Tagler, and, you'll have to uh, get over there so you can re- reminisce with your glow stick days. <laughs> he was telling us that he um he used to be like the glow stick guy at festivals. Mm. So he just have glow sticks everywhere and be like, you know, play with them, like having fun. Ah, oh, that's the best. So yeah, you have to get over <laughs> to Canada, mate, and um and check that out. Oh, like I can, I'll even I can even post links at the bottom of of the yeah, podcast yeah, when when, links, when it's yeah, done, and I've, there's like promo videos from the club of like glow night yeah. and stuff like that. It's just. It, like I, I think about it now, it gives me goosebumps. Like I love yeah, watching it. Yeah, and, yeah. Like I've course, even got yeah. like dumb tattoos on my body dedicated yeah. to the club. Like, yeah, like I've yeah. got like that one there. It's got like Mojo's idiot across my leg. <laughs> Hashtag Mojo's idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I um. That's I, I uh, and then I've got like the club logo on my ankle as well. I can show you later. It's like a little yeah. stick man, and he's like got cross eyes on his on. It's like crosses on his eyes, and he's like holding a beer. The like bubbles coming out of the beer and stuff like that. And he's like. He's like really drunk. Yeah, that's awesome. He's actually modeled after the, the he's actually now the one of the ex owners of the club who yeah. um he went like he owned half the club with this other guy, um, Matt, um, who owns half still owns his half, but just after I left, Greg shortly sold his half yeah. and moved back into Vancouver to um be closer with his partner and uh um but like he's owned the club since like the early two thousands. Yeah. And like it's like good old it was 20, 22, 21 years he owned the club for. Yeah, yeah. Like the first that's beach a good, party that's a good, actually. Yeah, that's a good stint. So the first beach party they threw actually, they put hot tubs in the club. Jeez, yeah. And they had two hot tubs in the club and there were two mud puddles at the end of the club because all the sand going in the hot tubs. They, that was the last time they did that. But it was um, – yeah. I was like I – was, I remember telling me the story. He's like, yeah, we had hot, hot tubs in the club. And I was like – how the fuck did you get hot tubs in this club? Like that back door is tiny and you can't get them down those two flights of stairs. It just doesn't make sense. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't know how we did it, but we did. We had to assemble it. <laughs> it came down in flat assemble pack. Assemble and disassemble. We, we got an Ikea hot tub and, and <laughs> built it with the little Allen key. Everything screws yeah. together with the Allen key. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fuck, that's funny, man. Yeah. Um. So, what about like you know you're saying you had you've had like a little bit of a crash course in Ableton with with Penny. Uh, yeah. You know, and that. But is that something you want to do more of? Do you want to get into production? Or, I do. Or I do. What? To, well, to push like as 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 far as my career is going at the moment, like it's it's hit a standstill, and like I mean, everyone's hit a standstill. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Everyone. Yeah. Has. Yeah. But, but like, I know what you mean. Yeah. I. Production, I, I want to do it. I want to. Yeah. I want to make my own things and and release it for people to hear and stuff like that. But like, I'm also in the midst of trying to break out of hospitality again. Like, until COVID's completely gone, I'm going to stay in my job that I'm in now because I earn enough money. Yeah. And where do you for, work? Where, where do you work? So I work again? down at um, it's a Barclays Street Corner, Jimmy, and it's down well, in the Tenerife. Have to come in and yeah, check come it out so, yeah. so we serve like really nice cocktails. Craft yeah. beers are always on tap, um, and then it's a lot of like shared food. Like so, like yeah, we yeah. just we redid the Tapas menu type. Yeah, so share we, plates and things. So we yeah. redid the menu at the beginning of the year. Um, so also my head chef's one of my best mates from high school who okay, hired yeah. me. Uh, oh, that's cool. Straight back from Canada. Yeah, yeah that's so, awesome. which is really cool. And um, so we, it's like stuff like um, I do like flatbread pizzas. Like we do like four different bur- five different burgers, 
And then we do things like um, vegan nachos, like plant-based nachos with vegan cheese on it. And then like deep fried mac and cheese bars with a bacon jam. Like, that's just really good. That sounds so good. Yeah. Deep fries, mac and cheese bars. Yeah, so we make the a- mac and cheese and then put it into trays and then put it in the fridge and let it set. And then once it's set, put it in the freezer just so it freezes that little bit so when we try to crumb it, it doesn't fall apart. Yeah. So do that. And then um, so it, it ends up being like a three-day process. So yeah. like you make the mac and cheese, you freeze it, then you pull it out, you cut it, then you freeze it again. And then you pull it out and crumb it as quick as possible, put it in containers and put it in the freezer. And you can you can just put them in the deep fryer to order, right? Because it only takes like three, four minutes for it to fully cook. Yeah, because they're already cooked. Yeah, that's already cooked. You're just yeah. really like heating it, like defrosting and heating it up. Basically, and yeah. doing And cooking the, yeah. the crumb, yeah, on the, yeah. the batter. Yeah, and then we do like, um, like chipotle chicken tacos. Um, we also do uh, another one of my dishes was um, deep fried crumbed um, tarragon mushrooms. Oh, nice. So, um, That'd be dope. Yeah, and then it comes like a lemon aioli, lemon and tarragon aioli and like yep. a rocket red onion and parmesan salad kind of thing. Yeah, that sounds sick. Um, then What's we do your, like, like, do you have like a signature dish that you like to make? Like, like it if depends it was at on what home. time of the day. But, oh, okay. So you got breakfast, you got lunch, you got dinner. Well, if anyone follows me on Instagram, give like, us all of them, every Tuesday is my What's Friday your... at work. So I oh, like yeah. to go and make a whole new dish every Friday. Tuesday, oh, cool. so it's yeah. a nice little, nice little send off. Yeah, so cool. My favorite breakfast one is um, I learned from a restaurant working in New Zealand, and it's called a hash stack. Yeah, that's so it's like a thick, like a thick potato rosti at the bottom. Yeah, it's yeah. about that big, and then you get an oval hash brown, and then you either have uh, you put your wilted spinach. You can either have smoked salmon or bacon on there, and then you get like a triangle hash brown. Put that on top of it, and then you have a like a, a half roasted tomato. A poached egg, you stick that all on top of each other, put a skewer through it, and then you smother it in hollandaise. That and that's pretty it. good. And yeah. that's it. That sounds. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting hungry. What, yeah, yeah, that's really good. I love like a good like. I don't often like. I don't really have breakfast at home, but I love it when yeah. I can either make a really awesome breakfast or go and have a good breakfast. Yeah, like, exactly. I, it's like a special breakfast for me. Like mm. it's like I love it, but it's like a every now and again special thing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like because I'm. Because you, I want to put effort in and make a good breakfast and have a yeah. nice breakfast. I don't, you know, I don't want to just have cereal or toast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So one of my chef mates who will, he'll love this. Um, so he's the guy who I worked with at this restaurant where we did this hashtag. We used to make like put little twists on it when we made it for ourselves. So we used to have this peri peri sauce. So we'd put the hollandaise and the peri peri sauce together. Yeah, so it's like a, a peri peri hollandaise. Yeah, that'd be. And sick. put that on top. It was like a spicy, like a spicy. Um, have you seen the podcast dish? I did in here with? Um, uh, cut loose? No, I haven't. Because he actually brought in like sauces. Because we we're like, we got to do one where it's like cooking a bit, like and stuff. Yeah. And so he did like brought in like all sauces you would have at home. Yeah. And like showed you how you could like combine them. To yeah, right. Thing. You know, like yeah, that's a, cool. A burger sauce. Yeah, you know, he's like, this is how you make a you know a standard yeah. burger sauce, isn't it? Mm. Tomato, mustard. Yeah, you know, exactly. Kind of stuff. Um, so that was really fun because we got to. Play around Experiment. with sauces, yeah. And he had like KFC and Macca's burgers, so we and we <laughs> so we like without sauce on them though. And so then yeah. we like made our sauce and like. Oh, that's cool. Made, yeah, yeah. You should go watch it. It's yeah, that's a, it was awesome. a really fun one. I actually got um, cupcakes in my bag for you too. That's right. You said that. Oh, I'll yeah, grab yeah. those if you. Yeah, grab the cupcake. We'll we'll have a little. Um, you said Jess, your partner, made them. Yeah, Jess made. Yeah. We made them the other night. Well, after we made dinner, it was a little bit of. She 
Oh, look at that. Love hearts on it. Red, oh, they're a little bit melted. That's love. That's OG. We'll, we'll have a little bit. Red velvet with strawberry cream cheese icing. Nice. <laughs> I'm keen. Yeah. Um. So what about lunch then? What's your lunch um special? I want to hear all of them because I'm hungry right. now and I want okay. to <laughs> just, I want to just like rub it in on myself. I, um, I made this um, chorizo burger the other day oh, for my boss. Oh, that sounds awesome. Mm. That tastes good. They always say don't eat on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just like listen to a setting. Um, yeah, so the chorizo burger. So basically, so we've It served- is good though. Jess, good job. That's yeah, really nice. Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, so basically, I um, so we, we do a prawn and chorizo pizza. So I have to slice up chorizo like yeah. every second week kind of thing. But so I got the food processor. Got some of that chorizo and I put it in the food processor and blitzed it up into like oh, almost like a like, like a mince. A, almost like, it's like a to chunky mince. To make like mince, a yeah. burger almost. And yeah, then yeah. I got some beef mince from the beef patties we got and then like cut it in half and then mixed it into my own one and I grilled yeah. that off. And then so I uh, had some slaw. So we, we use a lot of – we make our own slaw. Mm. So I made some creamy – so I put some – Vegan aioli because we use we use vegan aioli at work. It tastes yeah. so much better than normal aioli. I'm done. Uh, yeah, like, I'm I'm not a vegan, but it tastes amazing. Because I've had vegan mayo and I don't think it's as good as normal mayo. <laughs> the vegan mayo, mm. but I don't know. Maybe it's just the one I tried. You know, mm. there's different ones. Like you can take there's it's the garlic. It's there's the garlic good and, you need. Yeah, there's good and bad of everything. You yeah. know, like and maybe I just tasted the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically. Um, Minced that together, so made the patty and I cooked that off. Mm. And then I put some vegan aioli with the slaw. And we use um, the buns we use are a potato bun, so they're made out of potato starch. Yep. I've, so they're I've really tasty. Yeah. And um, and then so I grilled that off and then I um, cut up two pieces of brie, put that on top oh, of the yeah. patty. Just and then on it, just going all out. Yeah, we got some sweet, the, the sweet mustard. It's like pickled relish. So I put that nice, on the top yeah. bun and then, and then that was it. And it was like a nice, like, sounds good, man. Yeah, like I would love to have that, like, because the chorizo's got such a nice flavor. Yeah, in it's, that, got, it's got that heat to, to it, it too. Yeah, and I think, like you said, like blending it up and like mixing it with the yeah. other patty, it'd be just a really nice. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a nice touch to a patty, like a mm. flavor. It, it definitely gives because the the chorizo holds so much fat content in it as well. So oh, that's fat is flavor, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fat where is the, always flavor. That's where all the flavor is, and so like. It, it kind of seeps out when you're cooking it, but like because of the beef that's in there as well, the beef's absorbing that fat that's coming from the chorizo. Yeah. So it's it's combining it. And it just it just tastes amazing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Tell us about the dinner one the now. Dinner. I want to hear the dinner. So um, I this is like a little bit of experimental thing that I did when mm. I was in New Zealand as well. As venison's a big thing over there. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. each meat has kind of like a. Fruit pear to it, right? So you got like duck and orange, right? Or you got pork and apple. So venison works well. Venison yeah, yeah. goes really good with strawberries. Oh, cool. So what I did, I was got a venison tenderloin and kind of like butterflied it out till it was flat. Yep. Just, but I'm still rolling it back up. So I diced up some strawberries and some spinach and put it inside this um, oh, cool. venison tenderloin and rolled it back up and wrapped a piece of bacon around That's it. That's awesome. And so I grilled that and then put it in the oven just so it was still a little bit medium rare on the inside. Yeah. And then char grilled some asparagus and some bok choy. Yeah. And then um, made a parsnip puree 
and some garlic red skin potato mash. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And then a red wine jus on top of it. Yeah. So my next question is when uh, when are you gonna cook for me? That's it. That was the whole that was the whole yeah, reason I asked yeah, you about these. So you uh, get excited about it. I'm like, so when do I get to try these? Things? When am I coming around for a little? little we come around for meal? dinner. Oh, that's right. Jess makes a good butter chicken too. So oh, come around see, for that butter like. chickens. It's not my favorite of the of mm. the of the Indian curries. I think I said this at. Um, at your place the yeah. other week, I was like, "Oh, butter chicken! It's like the, it's like the Western version of Indian <laughs> food, you know." Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm the hugest korma fan. I'm a big, oh really? Yeah, love korma, man. Like, korma's always good. Yeah, have a nice like, mango chutney with korma. Oh man, a, a good lamb korma or something is just like lamb's so good. I prefer lamb over anything. It's because I'm kiwi as well, so like, grow up on eating lamb. Yeah, and like uh, lamb, some mashed potato. Cauliflower with some some cheese sauce Lamb's on top awesome, of it. Man. A lamb roast or like, yeah, mm. I'm all like about a but nice butterfly piece of lamb. You rub it in some garlic, some oil, and some oh, rosemary, and slow roast it for three that's hours. That's all you need to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, you just eat that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so um, so you said like you sort of maybe want to move out of hospitality eventually once yeah things go back to normal. So what do you want to do then? Like, well, I want to break more into the music scene. Like, yeah, I like. Working in nightclubs in Whistler was like the highlight of my life. Like I, I, I met so many awesome people. I got so many awesome opportunities that I, um, that that's what I want to do. Like because like not only was I, I, I was promoter. I, I worked security for a while. I, I bartended a little bit. Um, I was a bar back. Um, I also branched out because I, I was really good friends with the owner. I used to come in a lot earlier for my shifts, practice, and then like we had a show on that night. I'd set up the stages, I'd set up the decks, I'd do everything, and then I'd help manage the artist as yeah, well, yeah. which was cool. Like artist liaison yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, kind of like after that. Him, make sure See, that's what I'd like to do, something like yeah. that, or like somebody's tour manager. Like I'm looking, guys, so just like hit me up. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got to do some of that stuff like when yeah. I was doing the festivals and stuff. Yeah. For when I first started I was doing the artist liaison role. So that was mm. my job was to look after the green room. Yeah. That's so fun that role. Like, yeah, I can imagine it is. Cuz it's literally like you've got people working under you know volunteers or whoever or people yeah. working there and it's like someone's like, "Oh man, I'd really love like this." And it's like, "All right, it's like, "Oh, can you go get this?" Like yeah, whatever, right. you know, whatever. Give me this. Is. I want it. Snap it now, now, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and like, you know, get all the food in. For yeah. Them, you know, like, oh, what do you want to eat? Like, this is what we can get, like, you know, and, and looking after it and stuff. And you yeah. just get to have good chats like this. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, where you just like have… And that's how you branch out and make connections, right? And yeah, that, like, exactly. And yeah. like, you make a good impression. People keep you in the back of their head and they're like, oh, that dude was sick. We should get that dude to come do this. And that's the again. thing that's funny because like, when I got the sort of head promoter role at Family for a bit there with, yeah. with, um, with George Carmichael um, mm. and, and all that. So many people like around Brisbane who I didn't know that I had done the festival stuff with like addicts and stuff like that. Yeah. Were like, how the fuck do you get that head promoter thing at family? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? Like, what the f- like? Yeah. Like they because they only like didn't know me because I used to I, I used to be up here for holidays and stuff. Yeah. So I was only new to Brisbane and that. And they're like, how do you just turn up and then all of a sudden just like get a head promoter role yeah. like out of nowhere? And it's like, well, I like I've worked with these guys like we know because like. Cloudland and yeah. family owned by Katasina Group. So yeah. I'd worked with them when we did the festival there and stuff. And yeah. so 
you know, it just sort of like fell in place. And it was just like, people like, how did that happen? And it's like, well, because, you know, it's not always the flashy, I'm this person, you know, yeah. like it's not always I'm the, you know, the personality or the front. It's like yeah, exactly. People don't know of the, the networking and the back stuff. Everything that, that you goes, meet all each the other time and, that yeah. goes into to, to doing all that stuff. Like you, you see the front, but you never see the back. Like mm. I think there was another the back's one. back's way more fun. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's <laughs> always way more fun. But I think yeah. you were talking about that with someone in your podcast, yeah. the, the guy who does all the bookings over at Sub Rosa as well. Yeah, like, Taglo. Taglo, yeah, yeah. You were talking about um, how no one really sees all the stuff that goes into the behind the scenes. Yeah. And everyone just thinks it's such a crazy job, but it's really not. Like, you, there's so much you spend like you hours even, upon hours yeah. every day organizing everything to a T to make sure it runs. Accommodation. Yeah. Like pickups and drop offs. Pickups, drop offs, um, artwork. Yeah. Flyers, working with promoters. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's all these things that people don't think about. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if that's what you want to do and you want to do that kind of a role. Mm. You gotta learn all that shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you're always you gonna, gonna start from it. the bottom and work your way up. Yeah. That's that's the other reason why it's been really hard for me to break out of where I'm doing now as a job as a chef. Yeah. It's because I've got 11 years under my belt. I can walk in and and ask for the amount of money that I want instead of like say starting back at the bottom and being like getting paid fucking twelve dollars an hour yeah, to nothing. do yeah, yeah. fucking everyone else's work for them and they yeah. get paid fuck all like fucking heaps of money yeah like, all they do is they they you know they're just like the head chef and it just comes to the like the pass or whatever yeah. they just inspect it and clean the plate up and they're like yeah because well, I'm the sous chef right so like, I'm, that'll do <laughs> you yeah. know like yeah. yeah so I'm like the sous chef so I'm the second in charge so like I my job's just as stressful but like like my head chef Caleb fucking. God bless him. Like he goes through the absolute ringer yeah. having to deal with the management and the owner from the front of house and then having yeah. to deal with the shit that goes on every day in the kitchen to ordering, to costing menus, to Again, it's that cleaning. back behind the scenes like, that, you don't that, see. Yeah, yeah, that you don't see. People just think you stand in the kitchen and the food magically appears on the plate and it comes out to you in half an hour. That's like, why I love like cooking shows and so like I love cooking as yeah. well. I'll have to make you. I'll make you my six-hour chili one time. Ooh, yeah, wow, like that a chili good. con carne, like from scratch. Oh, I'm a big fan of chili con carne. Yeah, yeah. So um, chili cheese fries as well. Big North American. I've done thing. that. I I've done like because I'm when I'm when I do my chili, I yeah. make like a big lot. Yeah, like, I'm, just, I'm gonna spend a day making it. I'm gonna like do a lot. Yeah, and then like you have it like, and you can do nachos with it. You yeah, can do chili exactly. cheese fries. You know, like oh, chili cheese fries are the best hangover cure. Yeah, for for me. Um, but even a bit, even better hangover cure would be getting up at six in the morning, being first in line to get on the lift to go up the mountain, and the mountain fresh air at seven, eight in the morning. Yeah, and it's like minus ten at midway station. You're not selling with, it for me, mate. <laughs> You're not selling it. But you'd yeah. be hungover and not be able to see. By the time you go through that first run, it's like you never drank that night. Yeah. It was amazing. The mountain air just does wonders for your skin. For yeah. like, just like your thought process in general, you're surrounded by this amazing scenery yeah. every day you wake up. How can you not want to feel good about it? Yeah, exactly. It's it's great. Reconnecting with nature. Almost, exactly, you know, kind of exactly. Yeah, getting back to. Until you until you go through like a tree run, hit a tree and you're like, ah, oh, well, I've broken my leg. I'm out for six months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so easy to do. Yeah. So many people like, you know, snowboarding or skiing, like oh, fuck the- themselves up hard. And it was expensive. You broke a bone in Whistler and you didn't have travel insurance to like, say if you needed surgery, it's $15,000 just to fix your leg. 
and you can't yeah. pay it, cool, you declare bankruptcy, you can't come back to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I almost stitched myself up a few times there. I remember yeah. it's like two weeks after my traveling insurance. Like expired. literally stitch yourself up? Like, no. You have to, you're like, I, actually, I can't I, afford it. I'm just going to stitch up. I got stitches on my finger, but that yeah. was from working at the restaurant that I worked at because <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was putting a plate through the pass, and as I was putting through the pass, it like – nicked the bottom of the shelf and it broke right through the middle my finger went through it and it sliced oh, off the side of my finger doesn't sound fun i wasn't lucky lucky it was just it was just before that was just before my travel insurance expired but like when i went up on the mountain i ended up getting a concussion as i went over a jump and the front of my board i leaned too far forward so the front of my board dug into the jump and then like slapped me into the ground and just went <laughs> yeah. it was uh, and like i was meant to go get drunk that afternoon i couldn't have to go home <laughs> yeah it's really yeah, sad no. i really yeah. wanted to get drunk that would afternoon. have been so fun what about the poutine over there like does it poutine is are you, are you the, a fan of it or oh what? my god poutine is the best because i've only made it over here myself and i've maybe had it one or two times at with cheese curds here. though have you done it with cheese curds well no yeah that's why i want to ask about it so what do they do how do they do it differently so cheese curds like? cheese curds are just like unpasteurized clumps of cheese basically like it's like just full creamy full dairy everything and they literally they come in like little packets like that or you can buy them in like but but like when you make the poutine it's like these little packets of cheese curds you kind of just put it on the chips and just you hope the gravy melts them all, but like you let it sit for a little while, so it goes like it melts and stuff. Yeah, well, it melts and like cheese curd, like cheese curd, like one cheese curd will like melt out to like this, and it's like that big, like like it's a lot of cheese. I, I, I like I've seen a thing on like because I love food and I love knowing how things work. Yeah, um, I've seen like how they make cheese and stuff. Yeah, so I know like the curds and whey, like you know, yeah, like, it's like when it's sort of like you know they do the process and it's like, yeah they. You know they they get rid of all the way uh, you know the the water and that yeah and exactly curds and then they like and they stretch it and then they like <laughs> you know put it into yeah yeah it's so good love it yeah it's like um I was so I made butter chicken poutine at work oh that sounds um, pretty cool two weeks ago because like uh, there was a pub in um, make a korma poutine that oh, would be that so would be good. good too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like so there was a restaurant. Um, in Whistler called the Brew House, and I know there'll be a few, a few, few Brew House guys out there listening right now. Up the Brew House, yeah, give them a shout out. Shout yeah, out to Brew House. Brew House, check it out. You guys, check it. Anyone's in Whistler, check out Brew, Brew, Brew House Butter Chicken Poutine. It was um, my friend Elliot Dunlop, um, who probably listened to this as well. Good on you, Dunlop. Um, he, uh, we were all drinking there one night for pre-drinks before going to Max Wish Mondays, and like. None of us had eaten yet, so he goes into the kitchen because he worked there in the kitchen, and he brings out like these three bowls of butter chicken poutine, and that was honestly the best thing I've ever yeah. eaten ever. So I tried to recreate it the other day. It wasn't exactly um, the same because I couldn't get cheese curds. Well, we we were going to order cheese curds through through work, but for it was thirty eight dollars for a kilo, so it's pretty expensive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, thirty eight bucks for a kilo of cheese curds is. That's daylight robbery. That's what that is. That's yeah, because ridiculous. it's just literally they just don't do the last process. Yeah, exactly. Of making the cheese. <laughs> yeah. So they're so, actually doing less work. But it costs more. But it costs more, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so I tried to recreate it at work the other week. And um, my boss, because my boss is younger than me. He, he's, his dad's the owner of the bar. And he just quit his um, Sparky apprenticeship to come and run the bar. 
was his dad yeah. runs his dad owns three bars, two in Coffs Harbour and one up here. Okay, yeah. And like his main one's in Coffs Harbour and it's huge, amazing. Yeah. Um but so he's twenty years old and he's just started running a venue and yeah. he's still learning stuff as well and he's doing a bloody good job at it. And um so I was like, so I when I make those nice dishes on a Tuesday when it's my last day before I got my days off, I, I make him some as well because we share the same Friday. Yeah. So it's kind of like a treat for both of us before yeah. we piss off for two days kind of thing. Yeah. It was just, it wasn't the same, but it was pretty close. Yeah. It was pretty tasty. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So what do we got coming up, man? Like, you know, obviously there's not a lot um, going, but let's talk about maybe your mix series and stuff that you've been doing. So my mix series is on the this coming out in the third episode at the moment i because like i said like I'm, i work 50 hours a week sometimes it's quite hard to be putting out an episode every month so i kind of last time i when i recorded episode two um i also recorded episode three so i had it ready locked and loaded for when i wanted to release it so Get i it in the bank yeah yeah so bank it's, it. uh, it'll be coming out this month so unicorns lasers and house music episode three is coming out this month such a cool name yeah. Unicorns lasers and house music. i got that yeah. from mojos too actually. and with the artwork and stuff yeah so doing, yeah. yeah um because like i really like the whole retro look of everything too like like if, if people have seen like the artwork of episode one and two um like i like all those soft colors and stuff like that the next one's going to be a bit jungly yeah. So like a lot of um, like vocals of like African children singing and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, and vibes, um, yeah. like like yeah, also a lot of your classic um, your classic tech house vocals as well, like the soulful yeah. soulful lady singing in the background and stuff like that, which is really cool too. Um, and then I, of course, I'm the cheese master. So there's a couple of cheesy little tracks in there for cheese master. It's like the cheese all, curd master. Yeah, cheese curd master. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for all that. So like I say, so you're the curd master. The curd master. Not <laughs> the curd master. So I may as well start calling me Ronald Pigman. <laughs> it's like the OG version of the cheese master because the curds come before the cheese. <laughs> Just missed that last step, right? That's it. <laughs> The, so yeah um and so like i, I kind of like into my mixes as well i like to take like some of those older songs or like anything that's like lyrical in your top 40 and like to find those tech house spin-offs that people make yeah of um like um like say take james hype for example um his song this remix he did of sweet dreams um is a big one for me. Oh, yeah, I like you played that the other week. Yeah, yeah I, out, I yeah. love playing it. I, was it's like, such... oh, I haven't heard this yet. I was like, that's sick. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really dope. I quite enjoy doing that. And then um, another track I like playing is that Call on Me remix by Evokings. Yeah, yeah, which is really dope. I like so a lot of like those old school feels, old school songs is yeah. like a new age tech feel to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's something that people of all ages can get down to as well. Like. I know a friend of mine, she played it for her mum and her mum's in her 50s and her mum said, I could get down to this. Like, like yeah. I could get down and go watch someone like this play. Yeah. That's kind of like the feel I was going for it as well. Like, I like keep it underground, but at the same time, you don't want to lose people just because it sounds the same the whole time. You want to change it up. You want to have something that yeah, people something can sing along and to. Can get, yeah, lock yeah. on to. And, yeah, and it's like, you know, Keep it fun. Exactly. Like, it's, you it's know, fun. Keep it fun. Yeah. It's like everyone can like like it's not like a serious, like, oh, I'm this amazing underground artist that just plays, you know, this. I only play underground shit that no one plays yeah. or whatever. And it's like, nah, just keep it fun, man. Mm. Like it's you like can the, mix it up and play all of that. 
Yeah, that, well, that's why I played cheese as well because it comes down to like when I was I was an opener, an unpaid opener in, yeah. in Worcester for about a year. So I had to learn properly to read the room, play to the crowd, and yeah. you don't go heavy before people who are going to be going heavier after you, right? Yeah. So like I used to play stuff like like Fisher's crowd control and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. then also like you heard um, Sun- what's his name? Sunburn, um, his remix of 21 Questions. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like I have a really cool Deep House remix of um, Zombie by the Cranberries, which I really love busting out. Yeah, that's cool. Set, yeah. Which is really cool. Um, and then like I got this, another another Deep House remix I play of um, Barbra Streisand, Dark yeah. Source, Dark Source, Barbra Streisand. Dark Source, yeah. Um, and then Dom Dollar is also a really good one. I was like, I'm I'm massively into Dom Dollar. Like I've yeah. I played with him a couple of times. Um, before him and um, party with him too. Actually, yeah, um, yeah. One the one of his headline shows in Whistler. We went back to my mate Dali's place, and I was really, really drunk and out of it. So um, it took me a little while. I got to about four o'clock in the morning. We'd been back at the house for like two hours, and then you realized. And I, I, no, I turned around to Dali. I was like, "Who's that again?" He goes, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I was like, "Nah." I was like, right, "I was, yeah, I was like, like sideways." I was like sideways, and yeah, he's like, yeah. "Dude, it's Dom Dollar," and I was like. No, I know. And, like, he, and, and he's Dom like, Dollar doesn't look like that." And then, stop lying to me. It was amazing because, because I didn't even know it was him because he was such a regular dude yeah. as well. And I was like, "I was like, no." He's like, "Dude, you were, were talking to him like four hours yeah, ago." Yeah. And he's like, "You really need a." He's like, "You need a layoff of mushrooms." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, probably should. He's like, yes. But so we actually, I I went over and said hi to him again, and we were talking and um. So we sat down and we started talking about like different festivals he's played around the world and like different artists he's met and like I'm different like how like the way he he's partied with those artists as well. Yeah. And um things like that. Like um like for example, like Walker and Royce. Like, yeah, yeah. Um like awesome dudes, Sam um Sam and Gavin, awesome guys. I actually um met um, Gavin as well. He played at Mojo's yeah. right after. So he'd been off. Him and Sam played Holy Ship. Yeah, yeah. And then three days later, he was playing at Mojo's. Um, yeah. uh, my manager, Scotty, hand-delivering a weed every day because he was like two, two days early for the show, but he was so coming down from Holy Ship. Yeah. He was hand-feeding him weed every couple of hours. He's like, I'm yeah. run out, I'm run out. So we'd run it over to him. And this is like, oh, we're not even going to pay like, Why don't we just leave you a heap of it? Like, yeah. Why don't we, keep, well, we don't have to keep Trump. Like, but his argument was, it was like, it's like, but I don't want to get all this weed and then I have to fly back to the States and can't take it with me, right? So he's like, just bring it to me in increments. Like, if, if like, I, we'll just pick up whatever's left at the end. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he's like, but like, he wasn't rude about it. He's like, he's yeah. like, I really need help getting through this. Like, I'm, I'm having a really rough yeah. time. Cause like, like all these artists as well, they're in the like early, late 30s now, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, um, speaking, speak to Dom about that. Um, he also, um, I was like, I was like, want to listen to some music. It's just like a really shameful moment for me. Like I, cause I was so out of it as well. And yeah. I'm really, I was like, what do you like to listen to? And he goes, anything, man. So what did I do? Cause he was on his B Randy tour, right? Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so um, so I put on B Randy. 
You're like, man, I'm loving this tune, eh? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I put yeah, it cool. on, and he, he looks at me, he's like, come on, man. Like, I, li- I play this every night. I don't want to listen to it when I'm at fucking kick-ons at four o'clock in the yeah. morning. And I was like, all right. I was like, what do you want to listen to? He's like, Michael Jackson. And I was like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, early Michael Jackson, though. He goes, I want to listen to like ABC and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, really? He goes, he's like, dude, I could. Like in my spare time, that's the shit I get down to. It's like yeah. Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Old, yeah, that'll and I was like, really? Stuff. He's like, yeah. He's like, a lot of my inspiration comes from listening to like all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah. And then he was also telling me about um, how he made Take It. So yeah. Take It, he made Take It. He was in a, he's on tour, and he was in his, who his hotel room. And he was using his phone as earbuds, and he had the sheet over his head. That's how he made the vocals for "Take It." <laughs> yeah, you can do. You can totally do it. Yeah, I was I was hard. gobsmacked by it. I was like, "How do you do that?" And he's like, "He's like, oh, I've had to do it for a while." So as long as you don't have to make it sound like a clean vocal audio, you know what I mean. If you're gonna fuck with it later and do stuff, yeah, well, that's you exactly can get what away. he did. Yeah, yeah, pitch it like you know, additive mm. effects like. If you if you're just like actually singing a song though, yeah, then you need a problem. You know, a proper yeah, setup. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But when you're just doing like those, you know, like housey little stabs and like little vocal bits and yeah. stuff like that, and you're gonna really fuck with it with the processing, you can basically record like, it on your, you don't even need earbuds or anything. You can just get your phone and record it in the audio notes, and it's, yeah, they're pretty good, man. Yeah, well, well, Mason Maffick actually put that to me as well. Good old Mason. Yeah. He, um, just talking to him about like, because I don't have a microphone at home to record my intro. So if anyone's listened to my mix series so far, I do a little bit of an intro at the start. Just do it on the phone, yeah. Yeah, see, like Mason's totally. like, go into your bedroom, shut the door, and just use your use your phone. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. So I just go to Greg's house and use his microphone at his place, and then he mixes it down for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, like one thing I used to do um, before I had mics and stuff, if I wanted to do vocal stuff, I would literally just get my phone and I'd put it so the the mic bit was sitting out and I put it on top of on my bed. Yeah. I put a pillow. I put it on top of a pillow. I put another pillow on top, and then another pillow on top, and then I'd like get down in there because then it's like a oh, it's like a sound a little, absorption yeah. thing, right, so that okay. you're not getting like reverb and that, and you could just get it. Just gives you like a bit of a cleaner sound. Yeah. yeah right. That's that's <laughs> one of my pillow tricks. That's one of your pillow That's tricks. one of my pillow tricks. The other one's you biting it, right? Oh, the other ones I can't tell you about. <laughs> no, I can't tell you about my other pillow tricks. Um, yeah, awesome. So the mix series you said. And so do you – that's just you doing the mix yeah, so, stuff? You just put out the mix? Yeah, so I do that. And I was thinking like because like Greg had his – black, like Roger G had his blackout series and he had a guest on that every time he did that. Yeah. And like uh, it was something me and him spoke about as well because we're – Really good. Greg's probably one of the best friends I've I've had since being back in in Brisbane as well. Yeah. And like another thing to touch back on when I watched um, Badger's uh, um, podcast with you, the way he had yeah. spoke about Greg. Um, Greg is like the time and effort he puts into what he does mm. every day, every night. And I I get a phone call from Greg at least once a day. And and every time when we hang out the phone, it's like, all right, I'm going for a mix. At least yeah. uh, once a day. Pretty much any time I've spoken to him on the phone, yeah. what he calls, he's like, "Oh yeah," I'm like, "Oh, what have you been up to today?" He's like, "Oh, I just had a mix." Yeah, he's like, "I'm when he's like leaving, he's like, I'm gonna go have a mix." Like yeah. exactly, like, and he the does it, and he does it every time, and like, I I, I tip my hat off to him, and uh, it also it pains me to watch that he puts in so much time and effort, and like he's getting places, but like like no one actually notices the hard work sometimes that he puts in, mm. and like 
that the gigs are scarce at the moment as well. But like he was putting in this much effort this time last year and still not hit, like getting much out of it either. Yeah. But like it's I said, about building, you know, people yeah, do exactly. onto it eventually. Yeah. And it's just about, you know, building and then, you know, people go, oh yeah, he really does. Yeah, like, exactly. Because then you tell someone and someone else tells someone, all of a sudden they meet him and go, oh yeah, Greg. Oh yeah, I know you work really hard. It's just you know, like right now, yeah, watching yeah. Badger's podcast yeah. and talking about it again. But like, yeah, yeah. like, Greg's also been a big influence to me. He gave put he put me straight on his his blackout series as well, yeah. which um like he didn't mind. Like we barely knew each other at that point, and then from then we kind of just been hanging out. And he's a really good, he's actually a really good friend of mine, and um, comes around and he he probably is our house is his house basically. He makes himself at home. And <laughs> yeah, cool. Bowl of cereal, I'll have to show you, know, you. I'll show, yeah. stuff. <laughs> a pint of diet coke maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, we got these big styrene glasses at home and he he bought around a bottle of coke the other day and he put yeah. half of it in the fucking cup. <laughs> the old pint of diet pepsi. We went out to the pub one time and like everyone's getting beers and he's like, "Oh, can I get a um can I just get a diet pepsi? Can I just get a diet coke?" And the the guy this is like it when the pubs have just reopened. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, I'm going to go to the pub for a beer. Like, oh, we've, gone, get on the we've gone to the pick and whistle and, and he's ordered it. And the bartender was like, this old dude, Chris, and he's like, just looked at him and he's gone. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, and then like, and this 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 guy was a fucking laugh. This, yeah. this bartender. And he's, so we all go around. So it's like, I say, so you want like a stone and wood. You want this, 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 this. Yeah. And you wanted a pint of milk, right? <laughs> like, it's like... <laughs> Just like you wanted a pint of milk. That's the best. Like, you just want a milk, do you? Like, yeah. Just he probably like would have turned around and said, "Yeah, make it. Make sure it's chalky." <laughs> yeah, no. He, he ended up going with the diet, the pint of diet Pepsi. So. <laughs> I'll have to show you. Um, there's a group of the Friday knockoffs guys that yeah. we've been. I've been making. Um, I found a like playing card generator. Yeah, right. Online, so you can make. Pokemon cards oh, or, yeah, whatever, right. or whatever, and yeah. you can put photo on and do it all. <laughs> so I've been making this series of just like banter like <laughs> ones with all the guys, and that's like, the best. So I've got a few versions of Greg. There's like, oh. there's like wet Greg. There's like lovable yeah, Greg. Yeah, all different type versions of Greg. Um, yeah, fuck. But yeah, so where can we find you online, man? Um, um, so I've got all my socials. So like, um, I've I've recently, well, not yeah, it was this year, but like, I didn't realize how social media presence here in Brisbane is a massive thing. So when I came back here, I had no mixes to my name. I um I didn't even have a Facebook page as as a DJ yeah. page. And then like I just used to post stuff on my my actual Instagram. So like I turned my personal Instagram page into my my personal page, like my professional page. Yeah. Um and um and then my SoundCloud is actually like it's it's under Gomez, but like um it's funny, it's still the same SoundCloud account that audio or like order the that got generated to me when I made it in two thousand and eight. Oh yeah, ages so, ago. So yeah. yeah, so the name the the actual URL and it's called Stealing Appealing. Stealing Appealing. <laughs> and I was originally name. gonna make that my DJ name um in Whistler. So how did you get Gomez? Ah, oh, so um so marijuana is legal in in Canada. And so we used to smoke a lot of weed. And um, so me and my friends, Sean, Jackson, Elliot, and Dali, um, we were all stoned one night. And because they used to call me James, which is James in Mexican. Oh, okay, yeah. And, one of, the, yeah, and yeah. Then one of them turns around and goes, oh, Gomez. And we're like, what? And then we laughed at it for about 15 minutes. And then they, 
there was That's different there was different levels of Gomez, right? So it went um, Officer Gomez busting punks for petty theft, <laughs> and then okay, yeah, and yeah. then and then it went to Special Agent Gomez dumping bodies in the back dumpster, <laughs> and then. Um, and then there was um, Agent Gomez, and then it was just, and then it just stuck as a nickname. And then, so the first Bush stuff I played, I needed a name. And originally, we went on this houseboat trip, which is a whole other story, which I've already told You've you. You've told about. me about that. We, we probably, probably can't talk about no, that on this podcast. No, that's probably too <laughs> extensive into what we did on that houseboat trip. But if anyone gets on a houseboat on Shushwamp Lake, I highly recommend doing everything and anything. Um, but um, so I said to the guys, like, I need a DJ name. They're like, just go with Gomez. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, it was really weird to me at the time. They're like, dude, it's a sick name. We yeah, all call yeah. you that. Yeah. So it already I went with name. Gomez. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then funny enough, it stuck. And then a couple weeks later, I was like thinking about doing a logo back to Andrew Laduda from Case of the Mondays. Yeah. Um, was he used to do, he, I used to talk to him about a lot of stuff and he's a good friend of mine. And um, – he goes, I was like, I was like, was is there any chance you could whip up a like a logo for me? He's like, I've already actually done it. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, got it. He goes, yeah, I've done it. And I was like, he's like, it's just something I was messing around with. And I was yeah. like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah, check this out. And it's basically the little shocker that's on my on my shirt, on my sock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. So it was like the shocker, and then it had Gomez over the top of the hand. And then I rebranded it when I got back here to Brisbane because I was like, it probably should be a bit more professional kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I got um, Zoe Zendina. Yeah. Um, she um, she was actually another one of one of my first friends working at the Met, and um, she uh, she did she because she does all the the visual arts and stuff like the all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she also does all my cover art for my mix series as yeah, well. Yeah. She does all that. According to her, she has a lot of fun making them too. She's like, I, I just give her free reign. I just tell her the color scheme and she just goes with it. Yeah, so that's like, always the best the when you I love doing that with artists and stuff. Like yeah. anyone with, with like, because I use like Butters, like Liam Butters. And yeah. He's like, he does all the melt stuff and like he's been doing it for ages and stuff. And I always just go, this is the vibe, but you just do what you do. Exactly. Exactly. He, like he knows what he's doing. So yeah. But so it's all Gomez then online and stuff. Yeah, Gomez. So you. like my my Instagram handle is underscore Gomez seven, and then um, my Facebook is Gomez Music seven, and then um, my you can find me as Gomez or Stealing Appealing on um on SoundCloud. I don't really go by Stealing Appealing though. It's just that's when you, when it shows up. That's it, what it is. Yeah, that, yeah. That URL handle. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming in, man. That's all right. Thanks for having me. I had a great Absolutely. time. Cheers. Yeah, it's always good. Um, you know, reminiscing on yeah. old times and 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 talking about old stories and stuff. So yeah, um, there's a lot more stories there, but I think we'd be sitting here for another couple of hours to be completely honest with you. And half of it was would not be legal to be put on this. Thing. Let's just uh, let's just <laughs> just invite me over for a dinner party sometime ah, and cook good. me a feed, uh, and then we can have all yeah, we can all talk right. about all we'll those make stories. Make some chorizo burgers. How yeah. About that? Oh yeah. That's <laughs> Sounds awesome. All right, guys, make sure you guys all check out, um, you know, Gomez and all his stuff, his mix series and everything. And, um, yeah, just get out there and support good music. Yeah, I'll I'll, um, I'll put put all my handles underneath. When, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We always put stuff. all the stuff in the yeah, comments. Cool. And that, yeah, cool. Yeah, sounds good. And um, look out look out for the episode three coming out this month. Hopefully by the end of the month should be should be out. Sweet. And then you can also catch me playing the f- second heat of the Prohibition DJ Comp tomorrow night. 
Sunday. Oh, this will be out by the, you'll have done it already. Oh yeah, well sorry, yeah. It's already done. So it's hopefully already done. hopefully you do well. So Yeah, hopefully I make it to the kind of cash me at the quarterfinals. That'd be nice, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. See you later, guys. Peace, peace out, peace out, rabbit. Bang, there we go, guys. Another one in the bag. Thank you to James for coming on the show. Um, you know, really great chat there. Um, so good to hear about all the Canadian stories uh, and sort of where he's come from. Um, so that's a really cool um, story. And and um, I think it's cool and interesting that he started, um, you know, he's from not from Canada, started there, uh, and now he's sort of, you know, trying to rebuild here in Brisbane. So, um, you know, make sure you go check out all of uh, the stuff that he's doing um, with his mix series and everything else. Make sure you go and follow Gomez on all social media platforms. There'll be links in the show notes so you can find him there. Uh, and make sure you go and check out all of the music and stuff that he's doing. Go check out me at Boy King Koi on all platforms. Check out my Back in the Day remix that just dropped recently. Um, really love that one, and I'm working on a heap of cool stuff for you guys uh, at the moment. So make sure you check that out. Go to the website, abeerwith.com. Check out the merch. Um, check out everything that we do there um, and all the other events and things that we do. Uh, make sure you get around them as well. So I um, hope you guys are having a great day or night, wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.